You know if you uh, go to vacation over the weekend and you forgot to take your garbage out? Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what the garbage starts to smell like. Yeah. It, it tastes like the way garbage Don't sniff smells. it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. That is hands on the worst thing I've ever tasted. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Don't sniff it. Just do it. Uh, let's get ready to Hey everyone, I'm John. And I'm Jason. We invite you to listen to the Corner House Chronicles. Where we like to find and discuss interesting stories from around the globe. We sample and review a different Michigan craft gear on each episode. And we also feature a guest from time to time to share their stories with you. You can find us at chcpodcast.com where we have links to all of our social media pages. As well as links to all your preferred podcast streaming platforms. It's kind of like overhearing a conversation that was meant for you. It's just different enough. Fucking A, dude. Welcome uh, to You Watch, I Listen, episode 34. Um, and it's a special episode because it's the first episode with uh, Taylor on the second mic. What's yo, up, Taylor? Yo, what's up, everyone? This Hi- is uh, This is kind of weird. Being on this side of the table for once. Yeah, you're used to just hearing it and occasionally being on and uh, constantly being referenced and ridiculed. Constantly being referenced (laughs) and constantly hearing all the fat jokes you make at all the times I'm not here. Yeah, well, I mean, we make them to your face, too. I know, it's just... To be fair. I don't know, it's just funny hearing it and then (laughs) me knowing that I'm not sitting in the same room as you two. Yeah. And then just like, oh, wow, they really do say shit behind your back. Yeah, well... But then really, because then it's on a recording, so everything's fine. I don't think it's behind your back if it's going to be... Unless I had a bunch of archives of just us ripping on you, like we have a trivia game about Colucci, but he was there for that, to be fair. Yeah, yeah, no, (laughs) everything's fine. You know, I sent that to... um, I sent the Colucci trivia audio clip that hasn't really seen the light of day to Vincent Lobo sound and he's like yo yo dude it's rough <laughs> it's ruthless yeah uh, one day I think like the day Colucci dies instead of like having a eulogy I'm just gonna play that I mean it makes sense <laughs> so I mean, hopefully how soon yeah <laughs> sooner rather than later yeah exactly all right let's get these plugs out of the way uh, you just heard me reference Vincent Lobo sound uh, go check out lobosound.com check out the Bobo Christmas EP I know Christmas is over but the Christmas EP is a fucking riot Bo- lobosound.com slash Bobo to get the Christmas EP or the original Bobo show EP if you're running a podcast and you need an opening track like you hear ours every week if you need any kind of jingle advertising whatever Lobo sound are the guys you want to go to uh, the the quality the co- of the content is unbelievable they're fair with pricing and they're gonna be able to work out whatever you're looking for these guys have an ear like very few others so make sure you check out lobosound.com and the other shout i got to give is if you like to relax crack yourself a beer use some medical marijuana or violently abuse hard liquor you're missing out on your new favorite podcast from drunken stories to video games to sports fudge and finn are gonna blow your freaking mind hole with the hashtag shots for likes podcast Chances are you may have fast-forwarded through recent ads on other podcasts or streams you enjoy, but they aren't going anywhere. May as well head to iTunes, YouTube, Google Play Music, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or Stitcher to immediately subscribe and join in on the drunken fun. We promise you that if you are listening to us while drinking, it is not considered drinking alone. Visit ShotsForLikesPodcast.com to choose your favorite listening platform and follow them on all forms of social media. Drink with us 
and don't be cunts. And I'm pretty sure we're going to be going to them in February for an uh, episode. Dude, so I cannot fucking. It, wait it's going to be a lot of fun. I'll clear our schedule so we have a couple hours to let you get drunk, and I'll partake in other festivities. Yeah, it's fine. Um, we're sitting here watching uh, the the recent thing we've been doing on here is watching old like N64 games, dude. and I decided today was Diddy Kong Racing. Um, dude, Diddy Kong Racing was so great because it was such a great like it, it mixture was, of story and the Mario Kart kind of gameplay. Well, it's much more simple than Mario Kart. That's what I'm saying. But the thing is, like, there's an actual story mode. Where yeah. You gotta fight. You gotta like race or fight. I, I hate. Pig. I hate the genie. The genie, hey, sucked, the genie comes in like he's uh, Apu from The Simpsons. Hello there. <laughs> yeah. like, like this would not go over well today. A, what, was, what was he? He was a fucked up elephant. Right? Yeah, he was. Just an, he was like a typical like. In hindsight, it's probably what they would call quote unquote cultural appropriation because yeah. he's like the Hindu elephant god that no one understands. I mean, I, <laughs> it's I probably mean, offensive, but who cares? It's not that offensive. No. I mean, like if you can't understand, uh, him, you can't I, understand. Yeah, him. exactly. I mean, I don't understand you half the time, and here you That's are. Fine. I can't understand and, you yeah, either. I know because. I'm always yelling. Uh, <laughs> All right. Um, did you catch any of the games yesterday? Um, I did not because I was too busy watching the movie that you gave me okay. and taking all my notes. Yep. But I managed to catch the end of the Cowboys Seahawks. Yeah, that night. was crazy. When um, when Doug Baldwin made that fourth and six catch in the fourth quarter <laughs> uh, on the sidelines and he got the toe in, all I was thinking was, "Oh my God, Grohow's going to kill himself." Dude, I went right to Twitter <laughs> and the first thing I see on the top of my timeline was that fourth and six is going to haunt me in my well, dreams. You know, the fr- um, and then I was texting with him and you know uh, Sebastian Janikowski got hurt in the game yeah that um, was weird I he, didn't see any of that pulled his, the end he of the pulled game. his quad on a 57 yard attempt uh, to end the first half and then their their kicker he kicks a uh, rugby style so he does like drop kicks well, and, he, he's, he's and, from uh, Australia yeah, right? So. and Groha goes if we lose 25-24 on a drop kick field goal I might end it all I'm like dude if there was ever a reason that someone was justified in killing themselves that's it I mean I listen, would I would be disappointed if you didn't kill yourself I mean if you want to talk about a fan that really put himself through the ringer and how the Cowboys have been so up and down the last couple of years where they're great and then they're not and then they're great and then they're then not then they come up short they have eight crazy injuries to key players suspensions you know what I mean and then you have crazy calls to catch no catch and then you have Ze- the Zeke bullshit the, the Jared Cook catch on the uh, from Aaron Rodgers a I, couple ha- years I, have, ago. I have a video <laughs> yeah. of Groho freaking a fuck out Dude, of the bar one it, night it's so that. good um, I was happy to see the Colts play really well which was cool that um, surprised thought, me more than anything I thought when the I saw game the... was going to be close and yeah. the Colts would edge them out but you know the Texans um, I, I was really annoyed with Deshaun Watson during the game because they're down 21 nothing. I like Deshaun Watson a lot. They got twenty-one nothing, and he he get he runs for a first down, and he's on the cold, cold sideline, sideline, and, and he does the first he does down. the first down point. Like, dude, you're down twenty-one zero. Like, chill. Yeah, like it, get it get back to the fucking huddle and run a fucking play. Like, with ten minutes, it's 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 unlikely you're gonna come back from twenty-one nothing. But it, crazier things have happened. I mean, yeah, like we have seen weird, crazy shit. Yeah. I mean, the other stat I saw that was nuts that this is the first time in Deshaun Watson's career since high school that he's lost by more than a than yeah, more than a and, touchdown. Um, which is he'd only trailed by more than seven points in one game since high school and that was the game against Alabama uh, when they came back and won. Yeah, but I mean, I I feel like that's kind of stretching. I think it's a cool stat, but I also think it's it's not something that's relevant in the NFL. No, I don't think it's relevant. The only reason you could say it's possibly relevant is just based on the fact that there is a difference with the player of his style when they're playing from behind. Yeah, I I, I don't mean to sidetrack, but fuck this Rhino and fuck this race. I 
Diddy Kong Racing it. Rhino, I, the first boss level I, on Diddy Kong Racing 64. I, I'm sorry, I didn't it, mean that. I it, just, I hate it. It took me like 20 times to beat this when I first got the game. Yeah, dude, it was and fucked. Yeah, it was bullshit. Dizzy as shit the whole time because it's a big um, fucking spiral. Now, there was another crazy stat about going into the game yesterday that I, I caught on a Friday. That uh, the, la- the biggest uh, playoff comeback in NFL history was in 1992 when the Buffalo Bills overcame a 35-3 to fourth quarter, third quarter deficit to beat the Houston Oilers. Uh, they won a 38-3 to run the Bills, and they won 41-38. Uh, to um, And what's crazy about that is the quarterback of the Bills, because Jim Kelly was hurt, was the Colts head coach, Frank Reich. So that's, and, it, and he beat a Houston team. So when I heard that stat, that reinforced my idea to take the Colts even more. Right. Because it's almost like kind of how the Alex Smith injury resembled the Joe Theismann injury so much. Like the date, the where it happened on the yard line, who the coaches were. It was crazy. But the, the symmetry between those kinds of uh, events that happened, the, it's almost uh, too poetic the uh, the alex smith injury that that wasn't against the giants too was it because that that's no that's too much that was not the giants but I, romeo cornell was on the sideline of each game well, which the, was yeah. crazy what i'm saying is like if it, it was, it, the, texans. If it, happened it was the, the texans if it happened to be the giants that's that, w- that's way too much of a coincidence it, exactly all right let's get into our, our picks um i'll go first uh the first yeah. one i'm gonna do is just really quick because i only got to listen to the album that ralph gave me a couple times um because it was a shorter week we only recorded on tuesday so obviously it's only four or five days later i didn't have as much time to really dive into that one it was yeah. twilight sad forget the night ahead i really didn't listen to it i just forgot about um, it, it's my job to listen more so it's if you happen to listen to it that's one thing yeah. um so i wasn't familiar with twilight sad there was a lot of things i liked about the album and there were some things i didn't i didn't do a track by track one but uh certain things on the album kind of reminded me of the cure um it was kind of uh the lyrics were kind of depressing and dark um but they were very po- poetic in a lot of ways um but there were certain things that were droning it was kind of droll the whole sound of the album that there was no um breakup between the sound from track to track um but overall it wasn't a bad listen i, I like the first half more than the second half which seemed i'm sure ralph likes the second half more than the first half so that's kind of how we go um but overall it was a pretty solid album uh, i'm gonna dive into them a little bit more because i did like enough of what i heard to think that i could find things that i liked a little bit more so just based off your description if someone is a fan of say the smiths would it's they, very similar like yeah this? it's i would say it's similar to those lines yeah. okay because um, i like the smiths yeah so i would I say now. i would say it's in that ballpark all right all right now let's get to your album uh, joey badass the all american badass yeah, because there's, he, there's he plays on the the social and racial issues that seem to plague society today whatever you think about that right. um i was not familiar with joey badass at all i'd heard the name never heard a song i talked to a couple people that i know they're really into hip-hop and they all said really Really good things about Joey Badass, so I kind of went in um, uh, unlubricated for this album. I oh. just went in raw. That's, a, that's um, an interesting way so, to describe it. <laughs> so overall, Jeez. I actually really like the album. Cool. Um, there was a couple things I didn't care for. There's a couple that were a little too political for me mm-hmm. when he's yelling "fuck Trump." I don't care if that's your opinion, but I don't necessarily want to hear it in the song. But it wasn't to the point where it was every fucking song. It was maybe two or three tracks. Yeah, I was gonna say he he doesn't overdo it. I I, I appreciate he he puts his political stance in there. Yeah. but it's not the theme. No, it's not the, the theme, song. and it's, it's, just it's not to the point. It. It's just not for me. That that kind of stuff. Yeah. But overall, there was a, a very big Kendrick feel to a lot of this when it came to the the, the talks on uh, inner cities and social issues and the black community and uh, violence in the black community, um, and just general whatever he was feeling when he was writing this. Or it came from a the thing that I caught is you could, it came from a place of a lot of resentment and anger. Um, in the lyrics specifically, but um, certain tracks I really liked. Um, the first, the opening track, it's only like a minute. Uh, Good morning, America. 
Africa. <laughs> um, it, I gave that a three, but for my people to open it up with the first full track, like it's a four. That was a badass song. Banger. Temptation was really good. I gave that a three. Landed the free. That's where I was a little iffy iffy. It was like a two and a half, so I didn't hate it. Um, the next song might have been my favorite, Devastated. That is a fucking banger. That's oh, yeah. a great song, top to bottom. Nothing to complain about on that. It's 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 a hardcore bop. Like you yeah. can sit there, like if you play that at a party and you get people dancing, that's oh, how you know abs- it's a great fucking absolutely, song. Absolutely, yeah. You know? And that, that's one thing I'll say about every track on this album. The beats are phenomenal. Um, it's mixed really well. His flow is really good. At no point do I feel like he's force feeding lyrics or anything to me. Um, that the I got to Why Don't You Love Me. That was a three. I I did not like Rockabye Baby much, but I didn't hate it. It was like a two. Um, Ring the Alarm was a three. The beat on that was straight fire. Super Predator was great. Babylon, I gave a two. Legendary was a two. And American Idol was a two. This is another one. It was top heavy for me. I liked the first half more than the second. The second almost seemed like I could have done without one or two songs, maybe make them a little shorter. And it would have been like maybe an album. The album probably would have been like a four. But overall for me, it's an album of three and a half out of five. Um, For not knowing anything about him, his content, and someone that is skeptical about most hip hop that comes out these days, this was a really, really good listen. And I've heard about other albums of his that are um, better, and I'm going to check those out as well. Yeah, dude. I mean, th- that's the thing is about Joey Badass. He's just, he's overall. He's, he's an artist. Good. He's an actual artist. That's what I'm saying. That's what I love. And I could say, you know, and you, I could say very confidently that even though in today's world hip hop is nine times out of ten garbage, yeah. but the production level and the oh beats, yeah yeah, I think it speaks for itself. But I think the talent behind the microphone as opposed to behind the board, are two completely different things. Absolutely. And I think that's um, yeah. No. So this was a really cool listen. It was a cool um, first one for you. Really give me as the co-host of the show because um, it kind of it's a little bit of a different spice. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to give you something that you probably would, you, you you might not like, but you probably would, and it's also different hip-hop. Absolutely, as opposed yeah, to this I, bullshit, I would agree you know? with that, so that, w- that was good. So let's get into the movie. I gave oh, you uh, Halloween, the newest one, uh, directed by, I forgot his name, but Danny McBride was a writer on it. Holy fuck, dude. Legitimately freaked out. I had to go to my buddy's house last <laughs> night. I did not, li- I, yo, this movie legitimately I, I I made a video on my way to my buddy's house because I needed to get all my emotions out. I was so fucking scared at at this movie. <laughs> I'm happy. I wasn't expecting the scared part. Dude, legitimately freaked out because and, and this is what I said in that video. I had to listen to it because it was so ridiculous. I was so all over the place. But you know, there, there's as far as slasher films, there's there's the big three. There's Jason, there's Freddy, and then there's Ma- Ma- Michael. Myers. You could say four count. Te- you got to count Texas Chainsaw because that was a Leatherface. Yeah, you got to sure. count Leatherface. But go on. Right. So I, I I went through. I said, you know, Jason freaks me out just because he's got the brute strength and the machete. That, that never I mean, stops but, coming. Yeah. But it's also not that scary. No, it, it beca- it's, it's silly. It, they become action films at some point. And comedy to an extent. Exactly. It's like a Farley uh, Brothers movie. Fre- if uh, <laughs> Freddy Krueger, the dream shit is crazy, and in the way and the way he kills people always yeah, freaks me out. And then Leatherface is a little more realistic. Yes. And uh, brutal. And Michael Myers and the Halloween movie, I legitimately scared the shit out of me last night. Dude. Yeah, it's um the thing that I find creepiest about Michael and a lot of it it isn't just the character, dude, it's, it's the, that the, heavy breathing. The heavy breathing that I told you about and the oh. silence when they show the scene there was a scene when uh he walks into the one house and they show him walking around the side with the girl that's inside and there's no music and it's just him and there's no sound, you don't hear his footsteps. Brilliant. That is one of my favorite sequences within the whole movie. And the way it starts when he's looking in the bay window and all you see is just the reflection of yeah. his mask. And then just him around the side, you see the top of his head. And then all it is is just the shadow 
on the on the on the on the house next door. Yeah. Terrifying. Well, what's dude. crazy, the thing that I liked and I told you about this is that especially if you watch the original and then this one, it felt like it was all taking place under the same banner, the same roof, that there was no difference in directors or writers because the tone of the movie felt like the original. And in the original, he was never called uh, in the casting, like actually in the credits, they didn't call him Michael Myers. He was called The Shape. Yeah, and right. I, I like that the shape because he's just like an entity. There's right. nothing that makes him tick. You don't know what makes him tick. He's just pure, unrelented evil. Yeah, he, he's like id. Almost. Yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. He's exactly. Like id. And so I, I wrote a bunch of shit down that I liked about it. But the one, the some of the stuff I wanted to point out. Sure. The dad, Ka- uh, Karen's, uh, Karen's husband. Yeah. Fucking asshole. Yeah, he was an asshole from but, the beginning. But he plays his part beautifully, and it actually works. And out. the wife, uh, the daughter of Jamie Lee Curtis, was great in it. For oh a, girl, a woman that's generally a character actor, she was awesome. You know, and the one thing I like too is that it, it openly addresses uh, the rumor between Michael and Lori that they're brother and yeah, sister. Yeah, they they kind of poke fun at themselves. Yeah. I like that a lot. That was really cool. Um, I like the British documentarians. Or I, I well, thought we're looking. Well, well, we the podcasters. Make a podcast. Well, I thought that yeah. was great, especially because one of the biggest. Um, most popular podcasts out there are these true crime podcasts that do these kind of things specifically. Right. My favorite murder, last podcast on the left. That's really what they focus on is specific serial killers and events that happen. So it was playing into today's pop culture, which is the smart thing to do. Yeah, dude. And like that was really cool. The, the mere mention of podcasts as opposed to radio, I thought was just the unrealistic really cool. part was that a podcast had $3,000 to pay someone yeah, to be against. Bullshit. Yeah, my ass. Yeah, get the fuck <laughs> out of here. Listen, unless you're Rogan or like yeah. one of the big names, you ain't making that exactly. kind of money. Exactly. Yeah, you'd be Rogan or Mark Marin to pay people like that. Mark Marin. Yeah, Holy exactly. Shit. Um, there's something I, I wrote this down. I want to read it word for word. Sure. Say like, there is something so unsettling about watching Michael walk around casually in public on Halloween night, and not no one batting a fucking eye. That was really cool. I really that appreciated that. Yeah. Um, and to be honest, the last 45 minutes of the movie were absolutely terrifying. Yeah, it was and crazy because I I don't like suspense. That's that's you get that's anxious. You don't like the the un, the uncertainty. The it's like when you're on shaky ground, Dude, kind of thing. J- Jamie Lee Curtis was phenomenal. She in this was movie. great. She played um, the paranoid that she couldn't let go of her past role perfectly. The other thing I like, and you, it has to be mentioned because it does reflect society today. They didn't go heavy handed with uh, the women kicking ass thing. They just let it happen. Yeah. It was organic. It was pure. It didn't need to be a sticking point in the movie like so many movies fuck up and do these days. I agree. Um, I also believe the the kill count was the most uh, was the most I've seen. I can't. He killed a lot. When of When he fucking stepped on people. that dude's head. <laughs> Yo, the, his doctor. Yeah. That you're was, the new Loomis. I like that little reference. That was nice, dude. It was such a fucking heel turn for the doctor that yeah. I was not expecting. I, 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 I was really cool with that. I was like, yeah. this is pretty badass. And I'm, I remember, dude, like that doctor was probably, to me, the, the unsung hero of the movie as far as from a performance standpoint. Absolutely. Because the, cause, like the cop was straightforward, which it turned out to be the same guy that yeah. arrested him 40 years ago. Um, you know, and, and obviously Laurie Stroud speaks for itself, Karen, and then even the granddaughter, Allison. She I was think, really good, yeah. I think the reference calling uh, calling Laurie just grandmother I thought was really cool for yeah. some reason. I don't know why. It, gave her a, it made her look like she wasn't the only victim at that point because if it was just Laurie, you're thinking back to the original, and if this is supposed to be a new continuation in the series, that it needs to go to the granddaughter now. She needs to be like the main star of it, I think. Right. Because that's who he was, you know, he was going after Laurie too, but he was using the granddaughter to get to Lori. Yeah, absolutely. So I think it would be fitting if they did another one where Lori does do a passing of the torch per se. Because if you stayed for after the credits of Halloween, and this is a spoiler, you think he's dead, and then you hear the 
No. Don't the tell breathing. me that because you I didn't it? see it. I missed yeah. it. Yeah, there's a breathing. So he is alive. Oh, um, so what would you give this on a scale of one to five? So I on a, on a one to five, uh, I, I can I do the ten? Sure, I, I, I sure. That's 10. fine. Um, so on a scale from one to ten, as a horror film, it's a 10 out of 10. Yeah, as a horror film, it's a 10. As a straight up, as just a, a movie that's an hour and 45 minutes, it's a 7 out of 10 for me. Yeah. And strictly because it, it's 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 a good movie, it's short, it moves it's sweet, quick. it's to the it point. It moves quick, yeah. There's, there's not any point in time where you're like, all right, let's, Come go, on, let's, let's get, get to this the going. Come on, let's get to because the Because the first half of the movie, it's perfect setup and it pays perfect homage to the original movie. Yep, and while the, being its own thing as well. It doesn't just look like it's trying to borrow from the original. The, the, the second... The second the bus crashes and Michael officially is out, then it then it's its own thing entirely. Now, now before we uh, so you give it a seven. So the one thing, the scene that I liked a lot is when you think he's gonna kill the baby. I was, I like, did. Yeah, you're right. That scared like, the shit. Out I was of me, like, dude. no way, no way. I was like, all right. That that okay. would have been next level. I know that would have been like that. They would have pissed a lot of people off. So I, there was an extent that I would have appreciated, but I liked them teasing it. I I liked the tease more than if they actually did it. Yeah. And then the last thing I have to say about it, my favorite thing was uh, at the end of the movie when they put him. Spoiler alert! But when they put him in the trap, they yeah they trapped. She had her whole house booby trapped like crazy. It was yeah. pretty badass. So. So when she when she lights the fuse and goes goodbye, Michael, and drops the flare down with Michael trapped inside the basement, when the the fire ignites and he's just looking, he's up just at staring, them, doesn't flinch. All you see is his eyes, the black through, through of the his mask, eyes, yeah. And it's literally one of the creepiest. It's a beautiful use of imagery, yeah, and just color how the the flame complements the white mask, the black eyes. Dude, yeah, was, I agree completely. It's a beautiful shot. It was shot. It was shot uh, wonderfully. There is one. Uh, there is one uh, editing snafu I found. It's at the end when Michael's grab has Karen trying to pull her back down you see Allison with a knife go to stab him then it cuts she doesn't stab him 20 seconds later she stabs him <laughs> it's it's literally just one tiny little thing because I'm an yeah, asshole course, and I course. saw it but it's a, it's nothing that degrades it's the movie this, it's yeah it's a tiny it's a tiny uh, tiny little thing in a other um, an amazing movie awesome well I'm glad you like it so let's do our picture but I'm never week. gonna watch it again no because you get scared too easily wait till we get to Halloween Dude, I ran but, to my buddy's wait, house wait till we get to Halloween you get nothing but horror movies oh fuck I'll give you some lighthearted ones all right let's do our picture this week uh, my first pick is a movie that I've talked to you about a lot throughout our friendship and I think we started it once and we never finished it it's a comedy okay starring someone we both really like Seth Rogen okay um, observe and report I want you to finally sit down and watch it. Um, it the, now, this is uh, might be the most underappreciated of the the Apatow crew movies, the the Seth Rogen films. Everyone knows Forty Year Old Virgin. You know Knocked Up. You know This Is the End. You know Pineapple Express. You know Role Models. Observer Report went under the radar for a couple of reasons. The one reason was that people got confused between that and Paul Blart Mall Cop because they came out around the same time. They delayed one. I don't remember which one they delayed. I believe Observer Report because of Paul Blart and they got negative press because it got compared to that instantly. And the other reason it didn't do too well is because it's nothing like Paul Blart. It's a really dark fucking movie. Right. It basically is a comedic version a dark comedy version of Taxi Driver. Um, if you look at it like Taxi Driver, Jesus. where you you in Taxi Driver, when you see Travis Bickle, he's the hero technically, but he's kind of fucked up. He's talking about assassinating a uh, presidential candidate in the movie, Jeez, and yet you're man. still going along the ride for him, thinking he's the good guy, and then eventually he does something that's good, but it's under the cloud of his um, insanity. And that's kind of what Seth Rogen is going through here. He's a guy that pl plays a mall cop that wants to become a cop. He's uh, in love and obsessed with Anna Faris's character who works at the mall. I feel bad and, for him and, already. In the first 10 minutes of the movie, the whole premise of it is that there's some guy going around exposing himself to women in the parking lot and 
jacking off, and Anna Faris is the first one, so Seth Rogen feels like he has to defend her honor. Um, there's lots of little cameos and references in here. Danny McBride has one of the funniest cameos in a movie I've ever seen in this one. Danny McBride? This is like yeah. early Danny McBride? Yeah, th- this came out in, I think, 2009, so it was right at the beginning of Danny. It was after Pineapple Express, but before... Um, Eastbound and Down. Eastbound and Down, right. Yeah. yeah. So it, it, it's only like a five-minute role for Danny McBride, but it's really funny. Um, there's a scene in this movie that was very controversial um, that they, they generally cut out when they play it on TV. Controversial now, in 2009, it must be controversial. Yeah, it would be controversial if it came out now. They wouldn't even do this scene if, the, if it happened now. But um, this movie is... Uh, the first time I saw it, I liked it, and I laughed. Then I watched it again, and I was like, this is actually a great fucking movie, because the fact that they can make take the premise of a movie like Taxi Driver, and they definitely borrowed from Taxi Driver, and put this comedic spin on it, mm-hmm. and then to end with... It, not necessarily end, but there's a badass fight scene in it, too. Okay. Um, this is one of my favorite Seth Rogen movies by far. One of my favorite comedies the last 20 years observe and report is my pick for the week all right i'm actually uh i'm, I'm super stoked on that because yeah because you like most of the flicks those guys are in like, I, I like them all for yeah the most there, part. there's isn't one that i can say i straight up hate besides your highness the, your highness <laughs> was bad the only i mean i didn't like funny people it took me years to appreciate the movie funny people and you realize it's actually a very good movie it's just not a comedy it's fucking incredible yeah. is what it is all right what do you um, got for me so uh, i mean it's no secret that i i love heavy music and mm-hmm. i love I love chugging. I love it's called Degent because it all yeah. just sounds like chugging. But sure. uh, I'm going to give you an album that it's it's one of the heaviest albums I've heard in a long time. But it's okay. also it's it's metal. It's hardcore. It's hardcore punk rock. It's it's so many different things encapsulated in one. And it's only the first album from the well, first real album from this band. I'm going to give you Knocked Loose's uh, album Laugh Tracks. Okay. It is fucking incredible. Now. In in this in this day and age, the social media age, a lot of these bands, what what some bands will do, they'll pay a little extra money and they'll get shout outs or they'll be you'll see sure. like sponsored posts on sure. Twitter on Instagram. Yeah, absolutely. And I remember seeing this on like um I remember seeing the commercials before YouTube videos sometimes yeah. of them playing their song Oblivion's, uh, Oblivion's Peak. And I was like, what the fuck is this? This dude's got hair down to his ass. You've definitely it's played little... Knocked Loose for me before. Uh-huh. I've definitely heard them from you. And it's, he's just screaming. It's just heavy fucking... So when I finally sat down and decided to stop being a piece of shit and listen to it... it oh, changed... I was still waiting. <laughs> it, changed, yeah. it changed the landscape of hardcore music for me, and this was the band that what? bridged the gap how between old? metalcore and hardcore. How old is this album? It's only about two years okay. old, okay. because like Knocked Loose is a relatively new band. They're only about 22, 23 years old. Okay. They're from the backwoods of Oldham County, Kentucky. Oh, so they're a bunch of dumb rednecks. Nah, nice. I wouldn't say Drinking that. Drinking fucking piss beer. and. Nah. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. Listen, Brian, if, you, if you're hearing this at any point in time, he said that, not me. I'm a big fan. Yeah, I, I don't know you, so I'm just going to assume you're white trash. <laughs> I will just stop you, motherfucker. It's just an assumption. Yeah, it's fine. They got roasted by Wendy's. Yeah, I, everyone day. did. We'll talk about that later. I can't. Okay. Remember. So, but like I said, this bridged the gap between metal and hardcore for me, and it sounds like there's not really a difference, but there truthfully is when you Absolutely. listen to it. Absolutely. Um, this album, to me, is just a lot of fun, and not to mention, I've seen Knocked Loose Live. You want to talk about having... Seeing Knocked Loose Live Did we see is them it? open for someone? I no we didn't okay, I, no. Feel like, I don't remember the bands that we've seen open for other bands before No I don't, like, like we saw bands like La Dispute Yeah we yeah We saw like Tiny Moving Parts and shit Okay fair um, But like I said I saw these guys play a set And Knocked Loose Live isn't just a show It's an experience in and itself Okay And You can pick up on certain bands 
in their music when you listen to it that if they're that type of band Dude. like you can tell if they have that crowd interaction it doesn't have you don't have to do that as a band but you when you can do it you can actually hear it come through the music on the original recordings well at, at a thousand percent and not to mention it also makes you memorable yeah and, and it gives you, you stand replay out. value to your record because if you could put on a great live show or if you write music that translates well to a live show that's going to increase your fandom and that's going to increase the amount of fans you get per show absolutely come and, come and check you out especially if you're uh, an opener not a headliner Cool, but laugh tracks. I cannot stress it enough how fucking great it is, and I can't wait for you to hear. Cool, it. I'm excited for this one. Um, now, before we move on, I gotta pay a little um, recognition and homage. Uh, there was a great, great loss this week in the um, the wrestling and entertainment world. And that was the great Mean Gene Okerlund. Um, so, if you were ever a wrestling fan at any point, there is a zero percent chance you don't know who Mean Gene Okerlund is. Um, I I would very much argue that he is the biggest ent- name outside of the ring in the history of wrestling when it came to uh the, he never had a match he never got physical and uh, there will ne- there's never been someone that was before him in his role as good as he was in the backstage interviews and uh, the it, things like that and there hasn't been anyone since him as good at that he he brought his own flair and element to it he made he he was part of so many iconic moments um he was the one in the ring after hulk hogan joined the nwo yeah. and getting the trash thrown at him and hulk had said himself it was all improv with me and gene he just knew how to carry someone and make people better and make people go go over a little bit more. Nah, that's cool. I mean, I, I just watched the Andre the Giant documentary on yeah. HBO, and Mean Gene has a lot to do in that yeah. cause, because, you know, he did a lot of uh, announcing in the uh, AWA, yeah. and he was, you know, he interviewed Andre. A, a young Mean Gene was a good-looking dude. Yeah. Dude was so great at his job. Oh, that voice he had. It, and, yeah, he had, that's a dude, gift. I know you're like me, and if you find a subject on, like, YouTube of, like, videos, you can get lost in, like, a maze of the, Dude, of those ones, I go down a there rabbit some, hole. I can't get. There out were of some Mean Gene ones that were making me cry laughing when he couldn't keep a straight face during the interview, yeah. and it just worked because he had that element, that flair, that charm that that can't be taught. It's something you have or you don't. Yep. And uh, you got to think. Well, um, let me tell you something, Mean Gene. Like he was just such an iconic figure in the world of pro wrestling. He was still working for WWE up until his death. He was doing stuff on the network. He did voiceover for Story Time. He did a show with Charlie Caruso on the network. Um, he li- he lived he lived the gimmick and he lived wrestling. Yeah, and it, it, it's crazy how he actually got the job. He wasn't in wrestling before that. He heard about an audition happening for something across the street from another job interview. He went in there and that was it. And he got it because he was that good. He just knew how to talk to people. He was like the dude at the bar that was friends with everyone and he knew how to talk to everyone. Yeah, man. And like, that's really cool. And I mean, it, the, my favorite thing about it is that like you can't picture a Hulk Hogan like interview without backstage me- with Without mean Dude, jeans. the Macho Man ones too. The cream of the crop interview. The f- most famous Macho Man promos ever were with Mean Gene next to him. And all these wrestlers knew that if they just went with what Mean Gene was doing and followed his lead, they were going to come out looking like a million bucks. Dude, mean, mean would put so many people over oh, just yeah. by talking, and, and it was great. No one had a bad thing to say about him in the industry. Um, one of the best moments I can remember, it was from WrestleMania 17, the best WrestleMania ever. Um, when they did the gimmick battle royal, and in the gimmick <laughs> battle royal, they had Mean Gene and Bobby the Brain <laughs> heated on commentary, and they just did a vaudeville act while they were on commentary, yeah. and it was brilliant because <laughs> they just had that chemistry. So in the last year, we've lost both Bobby the Brain and Mean Gene Okerlund, um, and, and uh, it's and Jim the Anvil Nightheart. We've I mean wrestlers drop yeah. off like flies, but Mean Gene, man, 
That's a weird one. Like it's that's it truly is a voice of my childhood. And the next one that's probably going to go is Howard Finkel, which is another voice of my childhood, the the best WWE ring announcer there's ever been. Um, and now intro. Yeah, he just had that voice, and he was this yeah. little dorky guy. Yeah. And Mean Gene was just—I watched him on WWE Legends House. Mean Gene was the funniest one. His catchphrase "Holy balls" makes me laugh every time he says it. Did, did, yo, didn't we meet Fink at like one of those wrestle cons? Yeah, we met time? him at one of those. We saw fucking Jimmy Hart at random places. It just—I uh, I think the thing that freaked me out the most is when we saw Lex Luger and what he looked like. Yeah, the, I know he was getting pushed around in a wheelchair, and I said, "Lex Express is coming through." <laughs> yeah, that was <laughs> like up. a fucking asshole. It but was that. I. I have to pay just a little homage to the great, late, mean Gene Okerlund, um, a voice of my childhood, a guy that I'm going to miss in wrestling tremendously. But thankfully, thanks to the WWE Network, we can access all that stuff and, of course, things like YouTube. Um, so his legacy is going to carry on for a long time long time nah dude I definitely agree I mean it stinks that he's gone I mean but he left a lasting legacy and we have so many great memories to yeah, absolutely on for so, him, so I had something that got me mad this week I please tell me okay um I, I came into work on Friday yeah and, that, that would piss me and, off too and shithead Colucci goes to me All right. did you did you watch your R. Kelly show I'm like no motherfucker I'm not watching Lifetime it's an R- have you heard about this R. Kelly no, show no, okay no, no. so it's called Surviving R. Kelly and it is about that, the the rampant history. That's not smart. And um, well known um, abuse that R. Kelly has put young girls through throughout his career. Um, you oh gotta, wow! You got to remember he. Well, th- this is why I'm angry about it. This has been a known thing about R. Kelly for like 20 years. You think back to Chappelle's show. I want to piss on you. He got arrested. He, he was never convicted for whatever reason. He was pissing on an underage girl on a sex tape urinating on her literally he married Aaliyah when he was when she was 15 years old and forged the documents and then her parents had to get it annulled I didn't he, know I didn't he know is that a historical predator there's been stuff out for years that he has, runs like a sex cult with these girls and now all of a sudden we're gonna act like we care when these people around him have enabled him for pretty much his entire career from the sounds of it but again it's it's not the matter that they're doing this if it's making people realize now I understand its purpose I understand the principle of it but why now when it's it's not like Harvey Weinstein where it was kind of shoveled under and only people on the in the know knew about it. Right. This has been Everyone. public record about for, R. Kelly for 20 plus years. People have been making jokes at, at the at the pissing expense and all that stuff. I mean, Dave Chappelle just talked about it in the most recent stand-up. He goes, you know, this guy pissed on an underage girl. It's also the same guy that wrote I Believe I Can Fly. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you, can, you can also acknowledge that he had good songs, but also acknowledge he's a fucking pedo. Roman 100%. Polanski has made one of my favorite horror movies ever, uh, Rosemary's Baby. And he's a fucking creep. Woody Allen is considered one of the greatest directors of all time, and he's a fucking creep. Didn't didn't he marry his daughter? Yeah, it's his stepdaughter or adopted daughter. Yeah, but like that's that's weird. It's really weird. So, and this is why I I go to um I think about Michael Jackson and how he was accused several times of uh, being a kitty diddler and. What's weird about it is all these years later of Michael Jackson. Michael Jackson died in two thousand nine. No one long already. Yeah, no one has come forward with any more stories about Michael Jackson and sexual assault. When everyone else involved that wasn't a name that was accused of sexual assault or pedophilia is getting accused. No one else has come forward about Michael Jackson. Just these two incidents where whatever you want to say happened, happened. I definitely agree Michael Jackson was fucked up in the head. It was weird, and I sure. think more likely than not, he was someone that acknowledged that he was attracted to children, but I don't believe he ever acted on it. It's not me to say definitively, but the fact that Corey Feldman, of all people, one of the original child stars, yeah. who had such a close relationship with Michael Jackson, he spent the rest of his career trying to out 
child predators in the entertainment industry has not outed Michael Jackson and has said he hasn't done that. Macaulay Culkin, who is still a very public figure, was very close with Michael Jackson, has still not said anything about Michael Jackson doing that to him. So I tend to believe that it's unlikely he did, but he was definitely a weirdo. Meanwhile, R. Kelly, we've known like mostly confirmed it's, things. It's, it's, it's proven. It's it when, it when it's one time, maybe someone's lying. When it's two times, maybe someone else is trying to capture that flame. When it's three, four, five, six, seven, eight times where there's smoke, there's fire, man. I was Yeah, you took the yeah. words right out of my mouth. It's literally at that point, it's it's hard to ignore. Yeah, like if I'm in the household and I live with my family and then one of them ends up with their head cut off, they're going to investigate all of us. We could just say, oh, it, it might have been the neighbor. That's, yeah. And then someone else in my house gets their head cut off. All right, now it's getting kind of weird. And then someone else gets their head cut off and then suddenly I'm the only one left. Who the fuck do they think it's going to be? I was going to say, you're literally doing a process of elimination to yourself. Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> like, it's eventually you got to just kind of say like, oh, it leads to this guy. Oh, dude, maybe poor process of elimination, maybe yeah. poor choice yeah, of word. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, well, process of elimination. <laughs> but I, the whole thing with the R. Kelly stuff is just, why are we acting like we care now? I, it, and why are men watching Lifetime? I, 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 <laughs> well, I, I, I Clucci's half a man. So <laughs> I, I think a lot of it has to do with this, with the outrage culture. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. I mean, because at some point, you know, people need something time, to hold on to and be angry about. It was a joke. It was a running gag on everything. Everyone made fun of yep. it. And then it was like, oh, you know, R. Kelly did this. Like everyone knew, but no one's gonna do nothing about it. Yeah. And now everyone wants to get pissy about it. And act, but, but but again, now what? listen. <sighs> now this is one of the few times where the outrage is correctly placed because it is fucking it's disgusting what he did. Yeah, absolutely. But Dude, it gets worse than just like it, it, talking like girls. He, he was hanging out at high schools and taking girls over. That's and having his driver stay outside the high school to make sure they weren't talking to other guys. Well, listen, that's also on the driver for not for not. Of course, for not, and, like what the fuck is that? And they they on the show. I guess they interviewed his brother and saying oh he just likes young girls like okay i i like a lot of things like I, there's a lot of people i would like to murder i like I ketchup on french fries and i catch flack for that yeah. how the fuck is he not catching flack well, for liking I would, this i don't think you should compare pedophilia to putting i'm ketchup just on saying you understand what i'm saying <laughs> yeah i'm trying but, to let you know that's fucked up but i, I just I, I mean how anyone could willingly buy and because r kelly still puts out new music and how Capitol records hasn't dropped him yet like, yeah, like a they, major label. They should, what they should do, this is my punishment for R. Kelly, release Suge Knight from prison on the condition that he kills R. Kelly. Well, uh, I'm not going to go that far. I would like him to beat the shit out of him. Yeah, R. At Kelly least, needs to catch a pretty good beating, like which hard. is why he should go to prison, you just know, to get justice in there. You know what would make me happy, and I don't know why, but if Drake, because everyone makes fun of Drake for being a pussy, at mm. least he's not a fucking creep, and if Drake beat the shit out of R. Kelly, I would pay top dollar for that yeah. instead of watching Khabib and <laughs> Mayweather box fuck yeah. that nah well that's not gonna happen or watch but. fucking Tyson Fury get screwed again yeah well well go, that's another subject yeah, but I, 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 the so. R. Kelly stuff made me really mad like I said first of all I'm not watching Lifetime I said, well, never bother me like I said this is stuff that like we've known for a long time and there was actually they tried debuting this documentary at a theater like two three months ago and someone quote unquote called in like a bomb threat to, so it wouldn't get shown and it was probably someone from R. Kelly's team because they've been trying to shut it down threatening lawsuits and everything yeah of course Um, there was another show that came out this week that way too many people talked about and now I'm at the point where I'm just going to refuse to watch it on principle <laughs> The Masked Singer have you seen the commercials for this show? I only know about it because of the whole uh, Antonio Brown stuff, and then he yeah. was like, fuck that, and then he showed up on Dude, the show. Dude, I saw some day. video that did make me laugh with some Steelers fan watching The Masked Singer, and then when he takes the mask off and it's Antonio Brown, fuck and he, him. he bugs the fuck out. <laughs> but um, I maybe I'm just over like singing competitions, and the fact that these aren't even like... 
up and comers. It's just famous people singing. Just the same reason I don't like the the rap battle shows they have now, where these guys had things written for them. Oh, there's that, no dude. originality to it, and the the lip syncing. Car- oh, dude, the the lip sync battle and all the thing that that was originally just a late night bit that became its own fucking TV yeah, show. It, it, it's like, fucking like okay, there's no skill in lip syncing. None. Like, I guess there's a little bit if you can get your timing right, but it, it's not impressive. First of all, if you Carpool watch pool karaoke, you ugh. know what's fucking dumb that they put actual people that can actually sing on that show and they lip sync. I'd rather hear Justin Bieber actually sing yeah. than lip sync fucking Nirvana. It's Are you fucking, kidding me? It's fucking silly. Like, there, yes, I've seen some that have been funny, but overall, late night shows with these hacky bits, that awful uh, carpool karaoke with James Corden, I fucking hate. Nothing made me happier than when he did it with the Foo Fighters and Dave Grohl came out and said, you know, it's kind of weird sitting in a car for two and a half hours with some dude who wants you to sing your own song to him. Yeah, it's, like that's weird, dude. I, I just saw way too many. I, uh, the numbers that the Masked Singer did on its ratings were like out of control. Really and that big? The ratings were crazy for it, and people seemed to love it. And I, I just, I don't think I've watched a uh, singing competition from like since like season five of American Idol when it was still funny and somewhat real. Um, but I, I'm just uh, the the. the I mean, at least like things are like the X Factor. You get people that are doing different bits, and they're doing. Some of them are com- comedians. Yeah. Um, you, like you Last Comic Standing was a great show. A lot of great comedians came from there. Was it Amy Schumer? Amy Patrice Schumer. Neil came yeah. out of Last Comic. No, Standing? Patrice wasn't on that. But um, Liza Sh- uh, Scherzinger, or whatever her name is, came out of there. There was Liza's a bunch. Cool. Yeah, there's a bunch of. people. I think John Mulaney was on Last Comic Standing. There was I'm, a lot of different lot people, of people on. Were. Yeah. Um, but I'm just over competition talent shows and shit. Um, well, yeah, it's just because people trying to catch nostalgia for like, well, I didn't yeah. do the talent show in and high school. I, I could do it in front of the whole world mind. now. I mean, nostalgia is always something that's relevant in pop culture. Like people cry that like, things we rely on now in movies and shows is like Stranger Things is eighties nostalgia. There's all um, Ready Player One was heavy in nostalgia, but Back to the Future was heavy in nostalgia. It's just there's always going to be it's going to be weird in two years when the nostalgic movies are going to be about the two thousands. I'm not gonna <laughs> I'm, I'm not gonna like it. Yo, I'm telling you, you're gonna, gonna, you're gonna, gonna like be it. like, oh, I'm actually old now, dude. It's Listen, there's gonna be there's gonna be a teen rom com comes out and it's gonna be an emo kid who loves My Chemical Romance. I'm gonna be like, I fucking live that and I saw that happen yeah, in it, real time. But you know what's gonna happen? It's gonna be about a kid that likes My Chemical Romance. that's bisexual. Oh uh, yeah, well, it's <laughs> because gonna, that's the Hollywood agenda. Which, no, uh, it's gonna turn which, into some fucking um, nonsense. T- tonight are the Golden Globes, and uh, you know I like the award shows because I like seeing actors and movies I liked winning. And the Golden Globes are considered to be more fun than the Academy Awards. The Academy Awards are a little more dressed up because it's the top dog. It's, it's yeah. like winning the Super Bowl kind of thing. Well, yeah, I mean, like if um, Daniel Day-Lewis shows yeah. up, it's a black tie The Golden tie Globes, affair. generally, um, more often than not, can predict what's going to happen at the Oscars. Not always, but more often than not. Um, and I watched two movies this weekend that- um, I was literally are, about to ask you. Are, about, are, are up for nominations. The first one I watched was Green Book with uh, Viggo Mortensen and uh, um, Musafa Ali, who was uh, in Moonlight, won an Oscar for that. Um, I knew very little about Green Book growing in. Now the thing Wait, that is I, it Musafa Ali like the, the, I, think the he's a rest, wrestler? I think he's a wrestler. He's yeah. a cruiserweight wrestler. It's something Ali. It's the guy from Moonlight. Okay, <laughs> yeah. Oscar-winning Moonlight. Um, <laughs> I'm just giving him wrestler names. Uh, the Iron Sheik was in it. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah he, he came out. He hit uh, Vigo with a Hurricane Rana, dude. So this movie, I I actually didn't know a lot about it at first. Um, I just knew Vigo was in it, and I'll watch anything with Vigo Mortensen. Um, that, then one of my buddies, my buddy Frank, tells me that who Vigo is playing is the actor that played Carmine on The Sopranos, the boss of the New York City family great, on The Sopranos. Great shit. Uh, before Johnny Sack replaced him. Um, which, oh, thanks uh, for ruining that no, for me. No, I think you're already there, uh-uh. aren't you? Oh, well, tough break. Whatever. Um, you had to know Whatever. Johnny Sack was replacing him anyway. But took, so yeah. so uh, Carmine, uh, the actor that played him, he was known as Tony Lip. 
and it's because he talked all the time. He was a bullshitter. Vigo put on like 50 pounds for this role, like fat. And the first 20 minutes of the movie, he's in a fucking hot dog eating contest. I'm like, this is my shit. This is my fucking movie. <laughs> yo, you literally texted me word for word. You go, yo, new Vigo movie? Hot dog eating contest is fucking great. Yeah, I was like, the first, I was told, that's all you dude, said. Every other scene, Vigo's just eating. That's like one point, great. he's laying in bed. And he's like looking at food to order. And he's like, what, what, what can I get food from right now? Puts it down. He's a whole pizza sitting right there. He takes the whole pizza. He folds it up like a choco taco <laughs> yeah. and starts eating it. That's the way to do it. Listen, <laughs> but it's the whole pie. That, that's, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's how you got to do it. Dude, so the thing I liked about... Uh, so what Green Book is about is that he was hired to be the, the chauffeur, chauffeur and driver for this uh, doctor played by the Moonlight guy. Um, he, he is a doctor, but he's actually a composer and a musician. Oh um, Don, Don Shirley was his name. Okay. And he's specifically to bring him through Jim Crow South when it was like a ah, segregated okay. hotels, right. bathrooms, things like that. Like some Remember and the it's Titan called, shit. It's, exactly. And it's called Green Book because the Green Book is what they gave out to show what the, uh, the black-only hotels were and the white-only hotels were so he could figure out where to put him. And the thing that I was worried about with a movie like this, especially in today's Hollywood, is that you can get very heavy-handed with the social justice stuff. Yeah. And you could um, phony up what it was like back then, like not use the terminology people would have used back then, words we don't really use now. Um, they w- didn't shy away from stereotypes, like um, he's he's driving through Kentucky at one point, Vigo, and he sees a, a K- KFC in Kentucky. He's like, we gotta get it in Kentucky. Yeah. And the guy's like, I've never, the um, black guy's like, I've never had fried chicken before. And I was like, holy shit, they're actually going to go there. And they made him eat fried chicken. I was like, keep it realistic. But the whole point of the movie was that they, they started with Vigo looking like he's a big racist. And then it becomes like he just he took people for what they were. He, he As they presented themselves, if you're an asshole, you're an asshole. If you're a good guy, you're a good guy. And now they became friends despite their differences, whatever it is. So, so what you're saying is Vigo's character was essentially just set in his ways in the time yeah, period. And yeah. then... At, per person as it came exactly, out. You know what exactly. I mean? Exactly. Like, yeah. you saw, you've seen that on The Sopranos with Tony. Like, he's friends with the, that black city councilman who he oh, met yeah. his father. Um, like, it, he takes it, you know, he definitely has deep-seated racism. It's just the, the way things were back then. Not that it's condoning it, but that's how it was. Right. This movie didn't shy from it. It didn't go heavy-handed with, like, the moment where he gets lynched, which I was like, that would have pissed me off. And it obviously didn't happen in real life. But... It, uh, the other thing, it's directed by one of the Farley brothers, who are known for Dumb and Dumber, and there's something about Mary, Kingpin, and it's really silly and comedies. It, it, exactly, and this was a com- I will say this was a comedy. It did make there's you laugh. Dr- I was laughing hard at different points. Also, because um, Vigo is great. Vigo was so good in this. Most underrated um, actor of our time, and he he needs to win something at some point. I'd be fine with him winning for this. He was that good in it. Like he played such a good New York, New Jersey Guinea Wap Italian, okay. and he could have fit in on The Sopranos perfectly. Um, so I'm excited to see if Green Book does anything. Um, Award wise, and I saw Vice yesterday, um, which I really, really liked. Uh, now I went in knowing it was going to be probably heavy handed on the left wing side because the, the director Adam McKay is a liberal. Most direct, most people in Hollywood are liberal, and when he did the, the Big Short was great, and it was left leaning. But you have to go in when you're watching something knowing what you're walking into. I would just as easily watch a puff piece that makes Cheney look good, and if it's a good movie, I'll enjoy it. Doesn't matter about the leanings. If they want to make him look good, a good movie is a good movie. At the end of the day. Yeah. We know Remember the Titans is 90% bullshit. It's a good movie. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, no, no. That 100% broke, it, like, glass shattered when yeah, you told it, me that. Exactly. It's it. still a good movie, but a good movie is a good movie. Yeah. So with, with 
the thing that he does with Vice is very similar to the Big Short. When they're trying to explain things that may not be understood by the general population, they kind of dumb it down in a funny, lighthearted way. Like yeah. the Big Short did cutting the Margot Robbie and shit. And uh, it, rest in peace to Anthony Bourdain and shit Anthony like Bo- that. Exactly. Selena Gomez. A- exactly. So they do very similar things. It's a little more zigzaggy than the Big Short was because it's a much more um, wide scope you have to cover over Dick Cheney's career. Right. Christian Bale is not going to lose Best Actor. Um, the, the From the sounds of it, it sounds like it's between him and Bradley Cooper and A Star is Born, who was great. And I can tell that. you, based on history, that the award is always going to go to the guy doing a, a betrayal, playing a real person rather than the original performance. Well, that, that happened with, when Gary Oldman finally won when for, Gary Oldman uh, won for uh, Winston Churchill. For Winston Churchill. Um, the, one of the biggest ones I can think of was that Michael Keaton should have won for Birdman, and he lost to Eddie Remain in The Theory of Everything, playing Stephen Hawking. Um, but, see, I didn't even see that movie. It, it's a decent movie, but he shouldn't have won. He was in a wheelchair for an hour of the fucking movie. Then they used Stephen Hawking's actual voice. Right, right, right. Um, so Vice was really funny. Christian Bale was absurd. As th- There were points where I was looking at him as Dick Cheney. I'm like, this is fucking creepy. Sam Rockwell was a brilliant George W. Bush. Like, he captured the goofiness of George W. Bush perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, Amy Adams, always great, playing Lynn Cheney. Uh, just the, the whole cast was really good. It was it was really funny. There's parts that will get you mad. Because um, I know people that are on the right-wing side, uh, right-wing things, that they're, they're big Trump guys, and they hate Cheney because Cheney was a historical slime ball, uh, the most powerful vice president in history. So if you could take it for uh, with a grain of salt for you know being left-leaning, I think it's a little more left-leaning in the first act of the movie and then it becomes a little more straightforward but there's those little things fit in to reflect today's society if you could just understand that this is how they made the movie you should be able to appreciate it for being a great movie and again christian bale Absurd. Now, absurdly good. Now he, he like he's a lot. He was Dick saying. Cheney. I I would Look be just absolutely like him and everything. Sounded like him. The body language, the mannerisms. Uh, I it, mean, if there's an actor to put do on, that, it'd I mean, be Christian he's Bale. one of the biggest shapeshifters in the history of Hollywood. When you think about when, when he did the Machinist, Machinist he was yeah. like 120 pounds, and his very next movie was Batman Begins. And when he came to play Batman Begins, at first they told him he couldn't do the role because he put on too much muscle, so he had to drop about 20 pounds in muscle. So unhealthy. The and chance, then, the body uh, And then another one where he lost. A ton of weight was the fighter when he played Dickie Eklund. Well, I was just saying. Then right after that, didn't he put on a bunch of weight to be in uh, American Hustle? Exactly, too? Like, he got fat for that, and yeah. he's even fatter for this one. Uh, Vice was a great movie. It was a lot of fun. I was finally, I was really happy to see it. I'm hopefully going to go see The Mule this week uh, for my next one to watch. Um, I really wish I could make these movies with you. I just can't do it. I know. Well, it's a winter season. It'll calm down soon, and then we can go randomly. Yeah, say, well, once I finally get out at a normal time and I get my Saturdays back, I'll be fine. Yeah. Um, Do you have any stories that you you pulled up, or am I I winging this today? Uh, I I got a bunch. I I think we're just going to wing this just because it's been such a fucked up work week for me. I got more stuff anyway. Not to mention I worked all day So I saw something about, um, it was a Scarlett Johansson interview where she's talking about uh, deep fakes. Are you familiar with what deep fakes are? No idea. What okay, you're so about. deep fakes is a new thing in the porno industry. Um, and what they're doing is they'll film a, a whole porno sex scene. Are you talking but about the, someone that looks like someone? Not even looks like someone. They remember at the end of Rogue One when it was Princess Leia, it looked like Carrie Fisher. But it was definitely it, it not, was not Carrie Fisher. Yeah. They're superimposing to a fucking T a celebrity's face on a porno. That, so it looks like Scarlett Johansson. Dude, It'll, 
It'll look like Emma Watson. That, that is so fucking creepy. So, it is creepy, but Scarlett Johansson, I was happy to hear her say, like, it's the internet. Like, what the fuck are we going to do? Like, it, it, it's, I'm more, she's like, I'm more worried about my actual things getting leaked out rather than this. Um, I, I've, I've seen some of the deep fakes. It, it is absurd how good it looks like them. Like, it's creepy that these fucking weirdos can do that. I mean, obviously, you could go after people for, their, you know, using your likeness, but most of these porno companies are going to ro- operate over overseas so there's nothing you can do about it it's like file sharing you're not going to catch some jerk off in fucking uh, Norway that's sending you fucking Brokeback Mountain on a Blu-ray rip right no exactly like, like no like but what are you going to do what are you going to you going to what send an injunction what you're yeah. going to send a cease and desist and then the company dissolves and they and, just come and up with another being, LLC a week later being a public figure and the other thing that I think is why they they shouldn't give it any attention is that porno parodies have been going on forever um, as long as the porno states at the beginning, this is not so and so. Right. Who care? I mean, every time there's a, a a new woman in politics, there's a porno. Remember Nail and Palin? Nail they did one, Palin. They did one uh, about Sarah Palin. There's a Dr. million. Doctor Andre No Dick. Yeah, Andre No Dick. There's a million. Oh, there was a million Harley Quinn ones that were supposed to be Margot Robbie. This is what the porno industry does. They're a bunch of fucking creeps, dude. It's it's the weirdest shit. It's dude, so fucking. Uh, I, it just, you need it creeps to. You need me this out, week. Dude. Just go look. Just Google deepfake and find it. I really it. don't want and, to. And oh, Hold on, I'm going to pull one up now. You know what? Fuck it. We're, we're going to pull up a deep fake but and th- check this out. Be- now, the key to this is like- you do it on your private browser. So <laughs> so there's a couple reasons. One, we're, we're no one back. can go through your history. <laughs> and two, you don't start getting all kinds of ads uh, deep fakes. Let's find a website. Well, for especially it. when I was getting weird fucking like text messages, dude. I don't even I don't even watch porn oh. on my phone. Like it's just weird as shit. You jerk off like a pilgrim. You just got magazines. You spank bank <laughs> yeah. all day. Let's see a deep fake. I'm on uh, xnxx.com. We're getting x-rated on the show, guys. Sorry. Deep fakes. As, deep as long throat. as you don't show. Here we go. Deep fakes. How? Let's see who we're gonna go with. We no. got a Katy Perry deep fake. Oh Jesus, fuck, dude. Dude, this is gonna be <sighs> so rogue. Yeah. I'm not liking it already. I mean, so let's see. So we're about to get some uh, solid P and V uh, once it loads. Look at the face. Ew. It's fucking Ew, dude. It looks just like her. That's so weird. So this is where the porno industry is now. Like, (laughs) it's computer generated. It looks just like her. That is literally... It's... (laughs) Dude... There's, I mean, that uh, there's a Katy Perry one. There's, uh, Dude, let's it's, see. it's just so. Look, just look at the pictures. Album. Cameron Diaz, I'm t- Kristen Bell, and all, Taylor Swift. It looks just like all of them. I, Scarlett I, Johansson. Listen, like, I, I have no problem because people obviously fantasize about Gal Gadot. Look at that. It looks just like her. It's so weird, dude. Yeah. Listen, so, I, everyone has their has their celebrity crush, their celebrity fantasy. Everyone has. Yeah, that. and you, you hope one day they pose or something. Right. Exactly. Or it if you're a real creep, whatever. you expect a, a fappening to happen <laughs> at some point. A fappening what? Three point yeah, now? Yeah. Fa- I mean, there's fappenings every day now. But, it but, actually just happened to a woman that just won the uh, the May Young Classic in WWE. Tony Storm. She's a big indie star. Right. She had a bunch of her uh, nudes leaked out in a video of her masturbating. I hate that and shit. Um, she it's started like, and she she like deleted her social media. There's people thinking that she might quit wrestling over it, dude. It's, um, it's such an invasion of privacy. Yeah, it's that it's it's, it, it's like it, it's 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 almost like when you have someone break into your house for the first time. Yeah, and it, I I, I can't so I can't lie. I I will indulge. Um, <laughs> if if it's I see it there, I'm gonna look. I'm just I, I, I the truth is I do it if it was a guy too. Like if there's someone famous naked, I want to see it. I need to know. See, like when Seth Rollins' <laughs> wife leaked out his nudes of his fucking double A battery dick, I needed to see it. <laughs> like, Dude, it's one of those things where it's like I, I like I'm obviously curious, but at the same time, I just don't. 
I don't have that same impulse. Like if I if it's oh, not in front I have of me, too many or, impulses. I hear, <laughs> yeah. or I don't hear it at the time, I just don't care. See, the, and maybe because I'm just oblivious to a lot of shit, I don't know. But I just don't. It. I just <laughs> I just don't care. Like I no. don't care enough. Well, I really don't. Uh, it's not that I care. Plus, it's I, just I'm yo, very interested. I would interested. feel so fucking grimy if I like Google searched shit like that. I, I don't know. I'm not saying you're. I'm not saying you're a slime ball. No, I'm saying, I am. I'm saying, I'm, I'm, saying I'm a slime ball. I'm saying you're fucking <laughs> weird. I'm saying like I don't know. I just it it, it doesn't feel right to me to no, do something it, like. It's, it's frankly not right. It's not right to share them. Yeah, I, I think exactly. I, mean, it, I don't think there's anything wrong with looking at content on the internet. But if you're sharing it, I agree. Yes, no, I agree that if it's yeah. there, it's there. But if you go out of your way a little bit, like listen, this is the truth. No one, bear no, one no one speeds up when they see a car crash on the side of the road. They no, slow down. Everyone stops. Yeah, they slow down. Uh, that, <laughs> yeah. That's a great analogy, dude. That's you're 100 percent right. That's exactly. Everyone's like, especially when something bad happens and someone's around. They're like, they saw nothing, but then the cop shows up and they they're all taking a statement. He did this. Yeah, and she, exactly. Everyone wants to be a part yeah, of it. You want to you want to see disasters as they happen. Like yeah. it's just the truth of it. And I mean, when I think, why do you oh, think Watch Mojo have a top ten of the worst accidents yeah, where people die? Exactly. Like, and when you think about the invasion of privacy thing, I go back to one example. I think of very clearly was um, Hulk Hogan getting in trouble. Um, what he said was terrible. Obviously, he shouldn't have said it, never. and the WWE had to respond that way. But people were more mad about what he said than the fact that. He was in his private residence, and someone was recording him without his knowledge, and then leaked it to the public for financial gain. That cocksucker Bubba the Love Sponge. Um, Serious? Yeah, it was Bubba the Love Sponge. He was ba- Hulk was banging his wife, and <sighs> Bubba was taping it just to get financial gain. Um, and again, what Hulk said was shitty, and he was in a tough spot. But I was more bothered by the fact that his privacy was invaded. I don't. I think in your home, you should be allowed to say and feel what you want. I, it does. I, it, it, there's things we all have those people in our lives that we have the most private of intimate conversations with that we don't want anyone ever hearing. Like I, I, I agree with you to an extent, but I believe that there has to be. I'm not saying you have to censor yourself in your house. I'm saying you have to know what's what's acceptable and what's not. So well, I mean, there's a difference between like saying, "Hey, I want to go out and you know hang a bunch of people," and saying like, "I don't like this type of people" to your wife or your significant another in your own private residence that doesn't mean you hate them it's just your preference and not that it's right but you have the right to not like certain groups of people not saying it's right or wrong but you have that right in our country i i'll i'll say just just to i i, I think it's wrong no matter which way you slice it sure that, no, that's just I, me I, but, but I, I, totally, I think hating people for no reason is stupid that's not personally I agree you, yes. but i also don't like the idea of telling people they can't feel a certain way no I, again that, don't both, tell me that i can't like certain people no listen i'm t- both both are a thousand percent true you know what i mean i think it's just the way you present certain subjects and it's and the way people obviously perceive things now is so fucking jaded and slanted sometimes that a person's point of view can be taken so out of context absolutely could you imagine if people recorded you when you have road rage and then released it to the public well Uh, i have a funny funny story about that i was with a a while ago i was with an uh, an ex-girlfriend and her family her brother-in-law her brother her dad and her cousins and some dude cut me off and and i i saw red and i said i i never i never went racist i never said anything like that i called i always call you fucking cocksucker motherfucker but i i went into a fit of rage that i wasn't ready to share with them yet and it was it just came out i don't want people to see that side of me sometimes but that that's my i was so embarrassed but that's my whole point like we all we all said and done things in private 
with the people that we are most intimate with that we would never want anyone to see. Even people that wouldn't care, there's things that we don't want coming out. Hulk could have been saying something about uh, in his family that was very private that could have come out. So that's where I, I kind of draw the line to an extent. Um, I don't think people... I think it was worse that his privacy was invaded than what he said. What he said, again, was terrible. I think the and invasion of privacy is a big thing. Exactly. Like, um, I think about when, uh, when Paige had all her stuff leaked out. She had everything leaked out. Um, felt terrible for uh, her. and Still of course do. I I openly admit I indulged I looked at it I'm not a fucking I'm not a I'm not a fucking priest here I looked but <laughs> even people, if you were a priest you're better than a priest sometimes <laughs> worse most of the time <laughs> um but the the thing that I hate that people said well she's so dumb to like take those like why she's a fucking person we're more mad that she we're saying she's dumb and not going after fucking hackers that Please. went after her like the idea of hackers that want to go after people they did that to that awful woman from SNL Leslie Jones um, that was so unnecessary and, and because and she was but that's the thing sometimes you eat your own and this is going to bring my next point when you have strong opinions on stuff I didn't even write this down I just remembered this let's go for it um when the people that want to tell other people how they're supposed to feel and how they're supposed to think about things, they tend to eat their own. It comes back to bite them. Unfortunately, it happened to James Gunn with his jokes because he went after people and then they pulled up his jokes and that's what happens. I know where you're going and I just watched a video about it. Let's do this. Okay, yes. so uh, where I'm going is uh, back to Kevin Hart. Yes. That's where I was uh -huh. going. So Kevin Hart had to step down from the Oscars. He didn't have to. He chose to because of uh, jokes that he made back in like 2009, 2010 that he apologized for in 2011. Which I think shows a level of maturity that is not seen a lot in Hollywood he, and I think that's a great he thing didn't that he, did. he didn't have now, to. And the thing I appreciate is that he didn't apologize for making the jokes. He apologized for upsetting people. Because well, he already did. He yeah, already and apologized. I also don't think you apologize for jokes necessarily. Now, he went on Ellen this week. Now, Ellen DeGeneres is probably the biggest figurehead in the LGBTQ community. She's almost like a mascot to an extent. She's also like she's 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 like the name in daytime and talk shows. She's the name in daytime talk shows. She was one of the first female uh, celebrities to come out, and it was a big deal when she came out. She had a sitcom at the time that they worked it into story wise, mm -hmm. and it was considered like a pivotal moment in um, a primetime television. And as far as a woman in stand up comedy, fantastic. Yeah, she, so she really did a my, lot of she's great not stuff. my style comedy, but I appreciate what she's done in exactly, comedy. Yeah. Most comics appreciate her because she also doesn't want com com comedians to apologize. <coughs> for saying um, so, for saying how they feel and so doing Kev it, you so know? Kevin Hart went on her show this week and they addressed it and uh, talked about it and Ellen said that she uh, stands up with Kevin Hart that she, uh, she called the academy she called the academy she was really on his side about that and who's going after Ellen DeGeneres but the LGBTQ community are you kidding me that doesn't make any that sense that you're gonna to go me. after a woman that has done so much to bring uh, the the rights and the treatment and remove the stigma of people being gay, no matter how you feel about it. But if you, no matter how you feel about homosexuality, gay marriage, whatever, you have to appreciate the fact that now these groups on the left are eating their own by going after someone that has done more good than most people will in a lifetime for your cause. Because she's saying, "I know Kevin Hart, in in I know him, I know who he is. He doesn't feel this way. He made jokes in poor taste. You don't have to like him, but he made." jokes and now they're going after her and i got a big fucking problem with that I, listen i agree with you a thousand percent because i i said it on the i said it on a show before especially in stand-up comedy or anything else like this sometimes the meanest thing to say 
is also the funniest thing to Absolutely. say. And I know exactly the bit that, that we're talking about. It's about his son being yeah, gay. Yeah, exactly. And it's so goddamn silly because, like you just said, who has done more for that community more than Ellen uh, has? And who who goes out of their way to... To, 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 to cheer to, people up, to ch- ch- try making somewhat a change. No just, matter how you feel about her political views, no one has a bad thing to say about her as a person. a better place. But how much, how, much time, how much money does she donate to charity? Uh, how much shit does she do for the community as well as for the people within absolutely. it? She, she'll take care of you on an individual and level and make sure everyone and, else is taken and, care of. And this goes back to the idea of telling people how they're supposed to feel. They think that because she's st- sticking up for Kevin Hart that suddenly she's against the LGBTQ community? No, she's against your asinine idea that you can tell other people how they have to feel and how they have to respond to things. Let people live. Let them be as they are. That's all there is to it. It, it shouldn't be this complicated. It's not. It, it, we're, it, we're, we're doing it to our... By we, you know what I mean? Yeah. But we're doing it to ourselves at this point. Absolutely. Because everyone will sit there and scream, that's not right, you can't fucking say that. And then... Certainly. The, and, and then they'll come back and they'll say something ten times worse... And then they'll get backlash, and they're like, "Oh no, no, no! I, I took it out of you took it out of context." Blah blah blah. It doesn't make any sense to me how people want to attack their idols and their these people that speak for them because they have a platform. It's one thing if Ellen came out and was like, "You know what? She, you catch her on private video." I've never been gay. I was just using it for the marketing. If position. it was a bit, the dedication to the bit would be. Like Andy Kaufman level. Yeah, but ex- what, absolutely. Yeah, but 30 what, years of being a lesbian just but, for the gimmick. I but, was married to Anne Heche. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, but the, but the point remains the same. It, it's the, the fact that the, the LG, however, whatever, LGBTQ. That one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> are going after Ellen. It's one of the it's one of the most silliest things I've ever seen. And it's, not to mention, I watched the entire interview with Kevin Hart and Ellen. Kevin was incredibly genuine. He was articulate. And, he presented his case well. And he, he didn't over-exaggerate the truth. He didn't do nothing. All he did was he, he acknowledged what happened. He acknowledged he has already paid for that price a couple Absolutely. times already in the last 10 years. And the fact, it shows you the type of character Ellen is, the fact that she went out of she doesn't have to. Yeah, it would have been just as easily to. because we saw uh, there were certain comedians that went after Kevin Hart, which I don't like when comedians eat their own. Yeah, and what, what she, could happen and to she, Sarah Silverman and, and then she, she ate it herself? And, and she's the one, uh, then you had people like Nick Cannon that were pulling up old tweets Fuck of Sarah Silverman. Nick Sil- Cannon is wilding well, out I, bullshit. I, I will say I respected that he went, after they went after Kevin Hart, he went back and pulled up old gay jokes from Sarah Silverman and Amy Schumer and all these different comedians that were saying things about Kevin Hart and they were making they were calling people fag and they were saying all this stuff on Twitter and um, it, it's true though like they, they're gonna act like that they haven't done the same thing like yes we have to we have to acknowledge that comedy 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago is different than comedy now. And that's not to say that I don't think they shouldn't make those jokes now. I think you should make whatever joke your heart desires because it's up to the audience to decide if it's funny. Um, but to act like all of a sudden that if you made a joke 10 years ago that determines who you are now, yeah, that's I silly. Think, I think that is that is the dumbest, most asinine thing about yeah, this. The, because to you think know, that I, you can't evolve listen, as a performer I'm, or a person even. I'm not the same person I was 10 years ago. You're not the same. Well, you kind of are as yeah, far kinda. as being outspoken. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, is that prick. like a lot of th- a lot of things change you know what i mean uh, something could change instantaneously as quick as to the minute to the hour to the 10 to 15 to a day to a year it doesn't matter th- circumstances can change and, Absolutely. and it could change your view on certain things totally listen as someone who couldn't fucking stand ferris bueller's day off 
after watching it, I now, years later, understand and get the concept. The appeal of it. It's a great, timeless movie. That it's, it does, it's still it, not for me, but, but I, I, I appreciate it, it. Exactly. And I think the same thought process has to be taken when you do something Well, that's like what people are going after, like old shows and movies, like being, uh, would they be acceptable now? No. like Obviously uh, not. All in the like, family? Archie Bunker? Well, are you kidding I, me? I would think of a movie, like people going after Animal House. They would never get away with Animal House never. now. Never. But when you could, it, to think that we should just ignore, the, the best way to repeat history is by ignoring it and if you want that content to change you can look at things from back then and say oh that's what it was like back then you don't have to like it but to think that we shouldn't show animal house which, people which is, were going after friends where for um fat shaming Ma, and, oh, fat shaming and chandler and chandler's ma a father being transgender and how he was oh, oh, so put off by it and now suddenly and now I, I guess they're going after seinfeld now because seinfeld has the uh oh they might be gay not that there's anything wrong with that like to think that we we were we should reflect the past as if it's the present is so fucking goofy which is another reason i like green book because they didn't try to rewrite those things they just went right after it things and as they were yeah that's what you have to do like it's if i watch a period piece and they're not using the terminology that was used back then and that's the subject matter it's gonna bother me because it's not a a, a proper representation of what things were like back then i i th- the same thing was very similar to when uh django and Jane came yeah. out and obviously people got mad at tarantino for using and and so much t- to be fair a it, hard it, r it was yeah hard r it was a bit excessive but, but that's again, what they were on his fucking plantation. It was well, slavery. Well, that well, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's an it's it's we weren't there, but it's the most accurate representation of what happened. And Absolutely. I think getting mad at trying to be historically accurate and tell it, a accurate story, I think, shouldn't be uh, a black mark on your it, record. It shouldn't. It, should, it shouldn't be a representation of who you are as a person. That's what I'm saying because you're doing a job. You're do, you're you, you you get paid money to make movies. Absolutely. So you. And you get paid the best story and the most accurate story and the best well-acted, everything gives you your best paycheck. So to do your best work, you have to be as authentic as possible. Absolutely. And I think that is something that people just don't get anymore because everyone wants to get pissy about the most stupidest fucking thing. And it also... People need to go to work. People need to just... Pay your fucking bills. I think they just unplug... I think you have to pass an IQ test to be allowed on the internet. Um, and the IQ testing needs to be like a high bar because if we eliminate half of the stupid people from the internet, we wouldn't have half of these discussions or issues, but then we probably wouldn't have a show because we wouldn't have anything to talk it's about. It's very true. So we like using, I want to thank the people that are complete scumbags, assholes, and morons for giving me something to be angry about because otherwise I would just be angry about how much my life sucks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> dude, like the, the amount of people that get mad over nonsense oh, well, or like uh, another silly thing about people on fucking stupid idiots on the internet. Like when, uh, when the UFC made the trade for Ben Askren and Mighty Mouse. Yes, and everyone was like, "Ben Askren's boring." This, 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 and it's all just fair weather fans. They're gonna, I, they're, I understand. They've never seen Ben Askren fight. That's what I'm saying. Well, also because he fought in one FC, yeah, and Bellator, uh, so no one they, really knew. Yeah, but just, I, I got in a little Twitter beef with this fucking guy. Because he's like Ben Askren, this is this. I go, he hasn't lost. He doesn't get hit. He's gonna be a great fighter. Not to mention he's fighting Robbie Lawler. It's gonna be fucking great. Great fight. And the fucking guy looks at me, and the only thing he says to me and goes. You're fat. That's all he said to me. And well, I, he, he makes a good point. Well, okay. <laughs> so that's besides the point. What a, my whole point is, is that some cocksucker on Twitter just called me fat. Rather he, than actually discuss why Ben Askren sucks. All I did was say, "Do you have you not seen him fight? And he goes, at least when you have sex, someone will have tits in their face. Like, that's that's exactly what... He, dude, it was good. I'm that's not going to lie. Line. That's that a good was line. Good. That's and, a good line. You got to have sex first, but... Yeah, well, 
But it's it's the same point. Just I don't get it, dude. People just like to be pissy for the sake of being pissy. Uh, attention. They like attention. They like feeling like they're important and making a difference. What do you think you know, we're doing here? We, we're trying to feel. We're, we're trying well, to feel. Important. No. See, the difference is like we we acknowledge that. I I literally call. I say we the, the show is the movies you need to see, the albums you need to hear, and the bullshit banter you never knew you needed. Because I think that if you have an objective mind, you should be able to pull something from any conversation on here. And well, it's, it's the whether, only way to, whether like, you agree or disagree with me, I don't care if you disagree. Tell me why you disagree and don't get mad when I tell you that you're wrong. And I, I'm going to tell you you're wrong because I'm always right. I, I refuse to be wrong about things. I'll argue things I know I'm wrong about to the point where you just say I'm right. Dude, I, I'm still paying for telling you that, that, you know, you're always right. I'm paying. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to pay uh, yeah, for those you're pay for, for the rest I, of Whenever my someone life. says you're right, I say, wait, 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 wait. Could you repeat that, please? Yeah, it's I the just, microphone with yeah, emphasis. Yeah, please, please. So, um, so did you see the trailer for uh, Punisher season two? Yes, I did. Um, and I have I have a lot of thoughts about it. So I, my biggest issue obviously is that Billy Russo's face um, isn't as scarred up as it should be to be he, Jigsaw. Now, I I was a little annoyed that, and then what, I don't know if you saw what the Punisher Twitter account did on Friday. No, I didn't they see They released a Google document. They just posted it and it is the psychological profile of his character, like meeting with psychiatrists and what his things are oh. and what they're saying is that his mind is more like a Jigsaw puzzle. Like he has, he doesn't remember everything, how it happened, what happened. He knows he's scarred. So they're saying that he became obsessed with Jigsaw puzzles in this. So they're putting a, maybe a little bit of a more psychological spin on the character. rather than so. I'm like, that's actually, okay, I appreciate it then because uh, it, let's be fair, the guy, he's a good looking guy. So he, he's selling it for you. Right. And it, they gave him the cool looking mask, which is pretty badass. The first teaser was Frank Castle lighting the presidential pardon on fire, yeah. uh, which was fucking dope. Uh, I'm really, really excited. January 18th is uh, season four, uh, season two. Another big movie's coming out January 18th, and I'm really excited about it. Glass, the, the sequel Glass. to Split and Unbreakable. Oh, uh, I, I just saw the I just yeah, saw it for it on YouTube. It's dude, uh, McAvoy's in it, right? Um, it's Mac. So it's um. I, did you see Split? I didn't. I didn't see it all the way. I got. I got through so, twenty minutes because so it freaked me the fuck spoiler, out. Spoiler alert here: the Again. end of Split reveals. Uh, it's showing the news about what's happening with James McAvoy's character, and then they cut to Bruce Willis sitting there playing his character from Unbreakable. That's pretty fucking cool, Dude, though. So, I'll give it so time. now this is going to be a full tie-in to Unbreakable, Split, and then Glass. It's uh, Samuel Jackson's character, Mr. Glass, getting out of prison, I guess, or right. they're in a psychiatric hospital. So it's technically a trilogy. It's is a what trilogy. You're yeah, it was. A, no one knew Split was. I picked up on things in Split. You told me about it when, I, you saw when it, we saw it in the theater. It, yeah. I leaned over to the landlord and I said. I think this might be related to Unbreakable because there were just little things where where it was taking place in Philadelphia. Just they were talking about having um, supernatural ability or superpowers, and then that reveal at the end, I was like, "Holy shit!" Because Unbreakable might be M Night Shyamalan's best movie. Um, I don't know if you've seen Unbreakable. It no, is a I, that's fucking, another one I have. To it watch. is a fucking masterpiece. It might be the greatest comic book movie, quote unquote, ever made because it is technically a comic book movie. Right. Um. So Glass is coming out. Punisher season two this week. Gotham's the last season of Gotham started. I, I can't up. wait for that. Well, uh, I, I it, missed last season. I'm still waiting for it to on, get on it's Netflix. It's on Netflix. The, oh, it is? The, the, full, the full last season. Yeah. Um. So I'm excited about Gotham ending. Gotham is probably my my biggest guilty pleasure show because it's, it's so silly, but it's fun, dude. It, it, it's the, a good the way time. they do some of the villains is so good. This season they're going into Penguin getting fat, which I think is great. Like right. all of Gotham is starving, and he's eating fucking like giant steaks. So I'm yeah. like, oh, they're actually hyping that up. I liked him in the beginning of the show, like like how he's he came the best. Up with he the him and the guy family. that plays um. 
Riddler are the two best, and the guy that plays Joker is really good too. Yeah, he was um, really good. I remember you got mad at me also because I was kind of being a dick, and I said Cameron Monaghan, which is what is yeah, his yeah, name. Play, is the best Joker. No, I said he's this, he's the second best Joker. I said he's better than Nicholson, and then no, you proceeded he's not to rip than, me apart. You can't say he's better than Jack Nicholson. <laughs> it's just okay. Let me it's rephrase. Just, I prefer that. I'm not saying it's better. Well, I just prefer. So this that. is one thing. Um, if you didn't watch the last season, they so in the first um first incarnation of the Joker, it's um uh, Jer- Jeremiah or Jerome. Jerome. Uh, no, Jerome. 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 Yeah. Uh, he no, was he... kind of playing a little bit of a tweak on the Heath Ledger Joker. Fair? Yeah, a thousand percent. So in the most recent season, he has a twin brother named Jeremiah. Jeremiah, yeah. And he becomes like the Jack Nicholson Joker, more like the mobster kind. Yeah. I'm like, that's cool. It was perfect homage to both of them. Um, but the Nicholson one, he was the first like supervillain in a comic book movie, Jack Nicholson's yeah. Joker. That kind of changed the game for it. So there's some really good stuff. I actually have a list of um, movies and shows coming out this year. I want to talk about them and talk about the ones we're looking forward to. Obviously, very excited for Star Wars Episode Nine in yes. December. Very excited to see what that's about. It's, it's already... Uh, it's only like the, a year the, te- now? the teaser should be coming out pretty soon. Um, it's coming out in December, so it's it should almost, be pretty it's soon. Almost here, dude. Exactly. So, and there's some rumors that soon we're going to get the title. Some people think it's going to be called Ashes of the Empire, or um, uh, that's the, a really cool or, title. Well, because in the beginning of the Force Awakens, the title of each movie is in the opening scroll of the previous one. So in The Force Awakens, oh, it, so it says they're, they're looking for The Last Jedi, Luke Skywalker. The next one's called The Last Jedi. So people think in the beginning of The Force Awakens, the scroll says the First Order has risen from the ashes of the Empire. That's but a really cool Another people too, think dude, it might like be called that. The Knights of Ren because they haven't do- dove into The Knights of Ren yet. And you saw a glimpse in the last movie, Well, they showed it. They, the only yeah. thing you saw is in the second one, in The Last Jedi, Snoke mentions The Knights of Ren, and in the first one, when Rey has her Force vision, she sees The Knights of Ren. Right. So uh, that should all be coming out soon. Obviously, Avengers Endgame is a big one. Can't wait. Um, Stranger Things Season 3, the teaser trailer that came out on New Year's Eve was fucking phenomenal. I don't know if you saw it. No, I didn't know they put one it, out. It was um, New Year's 1985 and it was Dick Clark and it's like doing the countdown and while it's happening, the TV goes a little staticky and it turns upside down oh and God. it's actually coming out earlier than we thought. It's coming out in July, Stranger Things Season 3 rather than a Halloween release. I, I don't know how people haven't watched that show I, yet I or feel like, don't even like I feel it like that much. I, it's fucking anyone amazing. doesn't like it's an asshole. It's amazing. Um, True Detective Season 3 I'm very excited about. Again, the guy from Moonlight whose name I don't know, which is Ali. Um, Now, here's one I'm really excited about. Us. Did you see the trailer for Us? No. So this is Jordan Peele's next movie after Get Out. Um, yes, I did. So yes, I did. Where, and it looks fucked up. It, where it's like the it's another version of you coming after you, yep. and the whole premise of it is it's not race related at all, which is kind of cool. But a lot of people were afraid of that. It is a black cast, but who cares? It's a good movie. A good movie. Um, it's it, basically the whole premise of it is we're, we'll eat ourselves alive. We're our own worst enemy, which is what it looks like, and it looks pretty creepy. Yeah. So dude. I'm really excited. I think Peel has a great flair for these type of movies. So it'd be cool to see if he could follow did, up. Didn't he win a he won an Academy Award? He won right? Best Original Screenplay for. Death. Out. Which to me is like one of the coolest awards you could probably win. Yeah, dude, win. you came up with an original story, man. Like that, and I think when Spike Jones won for her, I think yeah, that absolutely, was I, great that's too. a great point. Um, the Mister Rogers movie starring Tom Hanks uh, is going to be uh, really good. I'm ex- he's the perfect I guy. Just, to, I got to watch the documentary. You got to watch. Won't yeah. you be my neighbor? Um, so that's going to be really good. Uh, Lion King is going to be huge. Looks fucking awesome. The I, trailer was was on par with I, the original. I like trailer. that. I, I like that it was revealed that it's not going to be a shot for shot remake. They're going to add in scenes. They're going to add oh. in some characters. Give it your own original spin. Um, uh, do we know who's voicing these? Uh, yeah, yeah. All the voice. The voice cast know. is crazy. Maybe I haven't looked at um, it yet. I don't know. Yeah, for no. Sure, the voice cast is wild. I, I just hope Bill Seth Rogen is Pumbaa. 
No, he's yeah, he's Pumbaa. That's fucking great. Uh, and uh, what's the James Earl Jones is reprising uh, the role as Mufasa? Good as so, as he should. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Cobra Kai season two. I don't know if you watched the first season of Cobra Kai, mm. the Karate Kid sequel, where it's the original. Sweep the leg, that uh, guy. It, yeah, it's it's Johnny and Daniel Son present day, mm. but it's more about Johnny. Um, and okay. it's fucking great. The first oh. it's on YouTube Red. Oh, it, it it's is like uh, the fallout from when he lost the, the yeah, first tournament. Yeah, dude, it's so good. The first season of Cobra Kai. So I'm excited for season two. Uh, John Wick three. Fucking Need it. can't wait. Need it. Uh, Joker with Joaquin Phoenix. Need it. Hyped. Need it. Super hyped. Uh, Twilight Zone, the one that Jordan Peele is going to be writing and working on. I didn't even know. Very excited for Twilight I'll Zone. Obviously, everyone is excited for Game of Thrones final season coming yo, in. Um, yo, even my dad is. What is it? April, I think, or April? April, April is uh, Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Um, Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, the next Tarantino movie about the Sharon Tate murder from Charles Manson's family. He's not really releasing that movie on the. No, he put, he changed it because he's an asshole. Um, I would so hope Tarantino so, is so. In, like, listen for uh, for yelling at people for being insensitive or being P- too PC. That that's, is a little just, much. That's just shock value stuff. Yeah. That's just silly. That's a little now, much. That's kind Tarantino of being is a great example of someone, and this is a big problem many friends of mine have, is that they can't separate the art from the artist, that if they don't like a director or they don't like an actor because of their political leanings or their beliefs, they won't see their movie or they'll say their movie sucked just, by, just based on the principle. I, I, that's fucking stupid. Well, same thing with me and As I Lay Dying. Like, it's hard for me. Well, that's... Like when, a, that's I, I understand that. That I get because the guy... It, we're talking about your political belief versus having someone try oh, to kill oh, your okay, wife. okay. My fault. Like, yeah, people yeah, right. that won't see certain movies because they don't like the the actor or, or they don't like the actor's personal beliefs. Or, it's, it's or one, they don't like their stance on Brexit, they don't yeah, like how like they shit feel like about that. Like yeah. who, if they make a good movie, it shouldn't matter what they feel at home. They're playing a role. They're not playing themselves. If they're playing themselves, that's one thing. Right. I can't stand Quentin Tarantino. He's a self righteous cunt. He's an asshole. He's um, realistically, all he's movies. probably a bit overrated. If we're being fair here, you um, can say that. I won't he say has that. some. He has. Listen, he has some great movies. I love Reservoir Dogs. I love Pulp Fiction. I love Jackie Brown. I love Kill Bill. I love Inglorious Bastards. Hateful Eight kind of sucked. It was Hateful Eight was bad. I'll it give was it that. a well made movie. It was boring. I feel mad Django, that I bought it. Django Unchained might have been his best movie, and in the last twenty minutes, when it turns into a hip hop shoot 'em up, is fucking silly. It completely degraded the movie. It was his worst edited movie as well because it was his first one without him, without his usual editor. Uh, Death Proof. Terrible, terrible. I heard, death but that's proof. that's with uh, Bruce um, Willis. Uh, yeah, no, Kurt Russell, but the Kurt car Russell. where uh, leg gets cut off. Oh, that's what they did—the double feature with uh, with with Planet Terror. Yeah, Planet Terror yeah. was amazing. Gilmore and, Toro. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, that was uh, Robert Rodriguez Robert did that. Rodriguez, right. Um, so uh, Tarantino is an g- example of a guy. I can't stand him. His personal views, his takes on things. He is a jerk. But. Off. I like a lot of his movies, so I'll see it. A good movie's a good movie. I don't care what your political belief is. If I choose not to watch something, it's because I don't like the director's movies or I don't like an actor's face. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean the same thing too. I mean, like, listen, me and me and Martin Scorsese could probably be north and south on a lot of political views. Yeah, sure, but but dude, I'm, 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 I'm gonna I go watch, watch it. I want to watch. The Taxi Driver and Raging Bull and Casino and Mean Streets and Goodfellas and Wolf of Wall Street and The Departed and Shutter Island and The Aviator and Gigs in New York. I want to watch all of them. I'm so proud of you. Yeah, I just had to nail them you all. Literally ju- you just nailed them fucking all, dude. That was that was great. All right, let's see what other ones we got. Uh, Glass that I just mentioned. Uh, Toy Story Four. Very excited for. Um, I am, but I. If they would, they should just leave it, it at three ended because at three. it was a perfect. Ending. It could have ended at three. 
but it'll be cool to see. I, I, I'm sorry. There's no, this, there, there's a, a childhood wonder there. No, still. it's it's the same. I agree with you. It's just I would like to see it. If it if it stopped at three, I would have been yeah, okay absolutely. with it. I'll still see it. Though. Um, here's what I'm really excited for: is it chapter two coming need out it, now, in it, September? Need it, need it. Um, we should be getting a trailer for that in the near future. Um, Godzilla, Godzilla, King of the Monsters, Godzilla, Look, Godzilla, um, Godzilla, Go- mozzarella. Uh, no, ooh, I want mozzarella sticks. <laughs> yeah. Um, Godzilla, King of the Monsters looks awesome. I can't wait to see that one. I gotta watch all. Oh, these dude, the trailer for it looks crazy. Because I know a lot I of liked, people. I like the Brian Cranston one, I even though he's in it for say, ten minutes. No, I'm saying like I, I didn't hate it, but the fact I didn't. It's the same thing. The fact I didn't see the monster as much as I would have liked. I didn't like well, see, that that's, much. But that's I get part it. of what I like because it, it's. Godzilla is supposed to be just a vehicle for the movie, and uh, I like the reveal at the end. Now, this one, there's going to be two monsters that Godzilla's fighting, right. so it's going to be really, really fucking cool. That'll be cool. Um, Rocket Man. That's what I'm excited for. You know about Rocket Man? William Shatner? No. Elton John? <laughs> I think it's going to be a long, long, long time. time. No, um, uh, Elton John biopic that's coming out um, called really? Rocket Man. There's a trailer for that one, too. I was, I was just kidding. No, Seriously? dude, yeah, it's an Elton John uh, biopic. That'll which be I'm, pretty cool. That'll Elton be cool John to rules. see, because his, his music is great. Oh, here's a good one. The Pet Cemetery remake. I'm very, very excited for yeah. a Stephen King classic. It'll. I like the original movie. It'll be interesting to see if, with all this Stephen King stuff being revisited and done very well, if they can get this one ver- done very well. Because this is one of the darkest tales that Stephen King has ever written. Um, so I'm going to be interested to see how he handles the famous truck scene. A girl, that- a, a girl I dated. Her fa- that was her favorite movie. It's Pet a Cemetery. Fucked movie. It's a Dude, fucked movie. I I got. I got through 30 minutes before I looked there. I go, I'm going to go. No, it's a pretty disturbing movie. I can't um, do it. Next one, Zombieland 2. Pretty cool. A movie that's de- that deserved a sequel a yeah. long time ago, and this is it. And it's cool that it's going to be the original director and the original cast. There's rumors that they're trying to see if they can get a zombie Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd to do like a, a, a Ghostbusters. Blues or Ghostbusters? Uh, yeah, a Ghostbusters thing. Uh, yeah. Uh, when I say Blues Brothers. Yeah, Blue, she's, Blue, she's been a zombie for a long time. A while. Um, uh, okay, Dark Phoenix, the next X-Men movie. Maybe uh, the last until they go, and when they go over to MCU. No, um, uh, uh, no, Hugh Jackman. I he says he's not doing another one. I'll believe it when I see it. Well, that's yeah, exactly. If, he, 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 said Logan, ten, he said Logan was his once last he goes, time. and Logan was the perfect send off. But Amazing. it would be cool to see him in an Avengers movie or in a Deadpool flick. He needs to be in it. if he if he shows up in Endgame. Yeah, dude, and just there's some rumors. Uh, there's some rumors out there. Um, here's a uh, interesting one. I'm excited for Shaft. Shaft with. Uh, the original Shaft movie? No, Shaft with Samuel, the black crime fighter, the cop, Shaft, the famous oh, old 70s. Oh, I'm thinking of Backdraft. No, like a fucking no. idiot. So Shaft, it's going to have the original actor that played Shaft. It's going to have Samuel Jackson That's playing cool. his Shaft and then Samuel Jackson's son. So it'll be three versions of Shaft. <laughs> the one with Samuel Jackson from like 2000 is awesome. I never saw and it. Christian Bale's in it. He's like the bad guy. Yeah. Dude, it's awesome. It's so funny. I, I like when old stuff like this and they and like they bring back the like the OG actors. Yeah, yeah. Like when they did in 21... Uh, 20 21 Jump Street. Yeah, we're Johnny Depp. Johnny Depp. Well, and, and in, yeah. in Django, there's one where Jamie Foxx is when he's at the Mandingo fight. Right. And he goes to the bar, and there's that white guy that's like in the thing. He's like in an old cowboy costume. Right. That's the guy that played Django in the original Django series, in the original Django movies. Django was a, Yeah, it was. Django was a character. Yeah. Knew nothing about so it. So that's cool. I'm, so I'm excited for Shaft. Um, Spider Man is another big one that's going to do really well. Apparently, Far from home. Dude, apparently Into the Spider Verse was fucking amazing. I, I want to see that as Everyone well. Everyone tells me that. Um, now, this one is one I'm very excited for. I am very, very. This is the last one I'm my list and then we're going to do some hot takes and wrap this some bitch up um terminator the untitled terminator project with sarah connor coming back linda hamilton reprising her role as sarah connor the first one that james cameron will be producing um since the second one uh so he is involved (laughs) with the project uh it's going to completely ignore the um 
uh, Terminator 3, Terminator Salvation, and Terminator Genesis. Even though I like all three of them to an extent, yeah, it's going to be a direct Salvation. sequel to 1 and 2. Um, Which so, I think is fair. So Arnold's going to be in it. Lyndall Hamilton's going to be in it. It looks like it's going to be a passing of the torch of Sarah Connor to who the new woman is going to be in the series if they continue. I really hope they do a good job with this because I think there's still a lot you can do with the Terminator series. And I like Genesis a lot. I thought Genesis, Genesis was fun. It was a lot of fun. It's not Nothing is Terminator 1 or 2, especially 2. Well, but I'm very excited to see how they do this Terminator. And it's going to be really cool to see Sarah Connor. Back. I also don't think it's fair to, to like look at the rest of the sequels and say, oh, well, it's not T2. Dude, T2. What's T2? T2? is such a flash T2, in the pan. I can argue is one of the, the greatest great action movie. movies. I can argue it's one of the greatest movies ever made. Honestly. It's perfect. It's, it's a perfect, perfect it movie. It still holds up. You know what I mean? It like aged it's, a day. It's aged like wine. It just, it yeah, not like milk. Yeah, no. <laughs> but like, it's one of those things where like, I think it's unfair to say, well, Genesis wasn't as good or the other, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Salva Salvation and Rise of the Machines was three. Rise of the Machines is the one yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. That one stunk. Yeah, that's but, the one that I, I, I liked it when it first came out, and I just watched it maybe like a year ago, and I said, oh, this really isn't good. And I mean, like the the part where he has the casket full of guns because it's Sarah Connor, and <sighs> I thought so, it was pretty cool. No, they, it's, it was cool. It's it a just, cool it sequence. Just, it made it too silly and slapsticky. And it just, was. I'll give you that. Yeah, for sure. All right. Do you have a hot take today? Because I got one. Uh, Yeah, you know what? Um, I do ha kind of have a hot take. Uh, I just want to give a shout out to Wendy's on Twitter for the last couple days. Okay. Um, They legitimately... I don't know, because now... So let me let me elaborate any, a little bit here. Uh, um, Wendy's, what they did was they put up a tweet that says, let us roast you, and you sent them a tweet. National Roast Day. National Roast Day, and they, they were just ripping on people, ripping on bands, ripping on celebrities, Everyone. on random people. Everyone. And most of the jokes were pretty funny. Now, I'm going to counter your point, and I tell you I hate it. You want to know why I hate it? Why do you hate it? Because stop trying to make me like you, because I shouldn't be eating Wendy's as often as I want to. <laughs> okay, <laughs> their, marketing, all right, all right. their marketing is so good on social media. Yeah. They're so funny and interactive that I see it, and I'm like, man, I want to eat at that place, but I really shouldn't be as I'm trying to eat better in this new year and not eat shit. And then I see that <laughs> shit, then trying to be funny, and being funny at times... And uh, you got to give him respect because it's some jerk off making 15 bones an hour just to do tweets. And he's he either knows these bands or he's researching them enough to just fire them out. Um, it's got to be someone near our age, is dude, my guess. Dude, if he's if, if the guy who runs the Wendy's Twitter is only making $15 an hour, you guys are robbing that They better guy. be giving him free Frosties Serious, for life dude. at a minimum. Like, my favorite one that they did, uh, they roasted the band Beartooth. Caleb Shomo was originally in the band Attack, 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 Attack. Everyone hated, especially when Austin left. But so Beartooth goes, roast us without mentioning attack, attack, because they're crab core, make crab core great again, all that shit. Sure. So naturally, they go, but who's the rock without the people's elbow? The people's elbow is one of the best songs that attack, attack put out. And when I saw that, I was so blown away. I, no one, unless, unless you grew up around that, no one knew, knows who attack, attack is. No one knows the history Caleb Shomo has in the scene and how he's been in it since he was 14 and he was the keyboardist of the band and then took over. Sure. That was so funny. I was literally, I mean, I, I I'm did, walking around my room like I was at a fucking rap battle and someone dropped a stupid line. Oh, shit. See, so I didn't, I don't know those bands as well as you, so the references didn't mean as much. The one that I got was the one about state champs being like newfound glory. Yeah, that they, put, meant, they put a new, uh, uh, put new uh, can of paint. And that, this, that, that was that was pretty funny, um, but yeah, no, it's uh, I I gotta respect that hustle because um, too many companies take like a very passive like uh, oh what can we do for you social media approach right. Um, but again, I resent them because it makes me want to support them, and I should not be eating Wendy's because I'm 30 
and I'm almost 30, and I don't need any medical conditions. I have, I see what you did. Yeah, I have. Uh, I I I appreciate Wendy's, and it's oh, I, I, I would the problem is rather, I love when I love Wendy's. I would That's the much problem. Rather eat there than anywhere else, as far as like a fast food Fair. place is I, concerned. I, if I had a Taco Bell doesn't I, agree with me I had, anymore. If I had a Checkers close, it'd be a problem. Stop. That'd be a problem. <laughs> that'd be a problem. And an Arby's as well. Yeah, the fact that Wendy's door dashes to my house is fucking that's dangerous. A mis- that's a mistake. It is dangerous. All right, so here's my hot take. Um, so Ring the N- the NFL All Pro voting happened this week. Um, oh, I see. Okay. And where I'm going with this is Peter King, and I actually usually like Peter King a lot, but I got a big issue with him because he said that he wasn't voting for Antonio Brown for first or second team All Pro because of the antics in the last week of the season. This is the same guy that is okay and supported having Darren Sharper in the Hall of Fame and the Hall of Fame voting because of uh, his play, despite what Darren Sharper actually was doing his entire career. So wait, so hold on. So he supported Darren Sharper after all the allegations yes. came out? Yeah. Okay, that's not, that's yeah. not cool. So I, I, I think it, him calling A.B. not a top 20 wide receiver is fucking ludicrous. You can't, you can't tell me A.B. isn't a top five receiver. He still had a killer year. And that... Uh, Juju had a better statistical. Uh, of year, course but. he did. It, it's that, that's fine. That's fine and that well. That doesn't mean nothing. Because it doesn't, it's a team. doesn't mean anything. But the, I mean, the old pro voting. It's kind of mad to get silly about it. Like I could be mad that Xavier Howard led the league in interceptions and he only got second team All Pro and he missed three games. But whatever. He made but I think second he still team made all, all Pro. Yeah, he made second team All Pro. That's yeah. great. That's great. But telling me that you can't in your right mind vote for Antonio Brown, but you were in support of having Darren Sharper into the Pro Football Hall of Fame is a little ridiculous. And I understand, like, if I'm using that argument, do we have to remove O.J. Simpson from the Hall of Fame? Technically, no. O.J. was never convicted. <laughs> oh, okay. Uh, I mean, just to be fair... Everyone knows. Just to be fair, he wasn't convicted, and he was in the Hall of Fame before the murders happened anyway. So it's like removing him from the Hall of Fame. Yeah. But the silliness... At least um, Pete Rose never well, got in before. They I, said I, and that's another... I, I really hope Pete Rose doesn't live to see himself in the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, he doesn't. Okay. He doesn't deserve it. Um, it's okay. not. It's not because of the the betting itself. It's because of the way he handled himself with that. Right. There was an agreement with the original, um, the the who was the commissioner at MLB at the time, whose name is slipping my mind, with Pete Rose that none of the Couldn't details die. would come out about what happened, as long as Pete Rose kept his mouth shut and he stayed away from baseball. Eventually, they'd get him in the Hall of Fame. I mean, they deal. Didn't. It was an agreement. Then the commissioner who had this agreement was on his deathbed. And then Pete Rose came out saying, oh, I never bet. I never did this. I don't know why they said this about me because the guy was dying. And what they do? They released all the details about it. Mm-hmm. Pete Rose did it to himself. He did everything to himself. And he either deserves to see himself get into the Hall of Fame when he's on his deathbed or not until he's dead. It, it should. I, I, I have no... I, Keep that scumbag. He's still a degenerate gambler. I don't want him anywhere near because right. the second he's allowed back into a baseball functionality, he's going to be gunning for some type of job with a team. Keep him away. Scumbag, piece of shit, yeah, he's, loser, he's, he's, terrible know, hair. He's 100%. He's 100% going to like probably want to be a manager. A manager, a Yo, coach, he a has front a office. Fucking, he has a haircut. He looks like Mo from the Three Stooges. Yeah, he's got P, they, call, like, they call it Pete Rose hair. That's, fucking that's what they used to, used to do with families in the 60s when they had like six or seven kids and they didn't have time to do everyone's hair. Right. They would take a big salad bowl and put it on their head just and cut, cut around, around. Yeah. yeah yeah the dumb and dumber hair right like mark davis the right. owner of the raiders oh my god he he's sucks. got the fucking dumb how do you dumb have that much money and have that type yeah of and, and your barber is stevie wonder it's fucking awful <laughs> right. but no say to go back to what you were saying i completely agree with you because the, the all pro voting it really is just a popularity contest yeah um because you know like it's they, a better representation than the pro bowl yeah no i sure i completely agree i'm saying like it's more or less like it's it's giving due to the best players yeah and even though because not all the best players are going to go to the fucking Pro Bowl. Yeah, which... Because... Uh- 
the best, some of the best players are in the playoffs. How great is it that um, the Colts had two rookies make first team All Pro, Darius Leonard and Quentin Nelson? Dar- they found a gem in Darius well, Leonard. Well, Darius Leonard, he gem. became the first player in NFL history to have 160 sacks in a, 160 tackles in a season. Excuse me, 160 tackles in a season and seven sacks or more, and more than one interception. Only player in NFL history to ever do that. That's saying, listen, especially so, from the linebacker position when it's such a storied position. Well, that also tells you because tackles aren't always the best measure for a player. Because that could also mean that your defensive line is just letting guys through and you're cleaning up. Right. But when you have seven sacks and you have four or five interceptions and you have four forced fumbles. um, Actually, I got one more thing I have to be mad about right now. Go, go, go. How is it that Richard Seymour made the um, Pro Football Hall of Fame finalists, but Zach Thomas didn't? That's that's bad. The numbers between the two of them. Zach Thomas, the only thing he had less of was sacks. More tackles. He had uh, 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 Richard Seymour's a pass rusher. He had like seventy career sacks. Right. Uh, Zach Thomas had twenty five as a linebacker, which is a pretty good number. He had seventeen inter- undersized he had se- linebacker. 70, Seventeen interceptions to two for Richard Seymour. He had fourteen forced fumbles to one for Richard Seymour. Which, like, as as a defensive end, you're supposed to force fumbles. The ball. Yeah, slap the ball. You're Zach to. Thomas, he should get in at some point. It's probably years down the road, but people forget how good of a this isn't even bias. How good of a linebacker he was? No, he really was. And he I, had I, a stretch where it was Ray Lewis, Zach Thomas as the best linebackers, and it was like a ten year stretch. Right. No, it's incredibly silly to to not count how good Zach Thomas was at the time on a bunch of not great Dolphins. Teams. The great defenses for years. Great defenses. Yeah, him uh, and Jason Taylor. Oh my God! And Taylor was a first ballot Hall of Famer. Yeah, which I, I was which surprised. I, I was surprised he was. I thought they were going to screw him too. No, he absolutely should have been. But no, I completely agree with you. I'm I'm more happy so that Steve Atwater is a finalist again. He should get if, in. If he doesn't get in this year, I don't think he will. And it's fucking stupid how he hasn't been in already. That's what yep, I would. That's I agree. What I All think. right, let's wrap this fucker up, uh, Taylor. I hope you had a good time. Your first time being the second chair. Um, I think time. I think we're gonna have Ralph on soon. He's once his schedule gets cleared yeah. up with. Um, he'll be our our <laughs> guest, I guess. Um, yeah, dude, so, it's weird saying it like that. I know. That. So this was episode 34. You watch, I listen again. A shout out to the hashtag Shots for Likes podcast. Shout out to Lobo Sound. Shout out to the Corner House podcast. You heard their promo at the beginning. Um, and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Peace. This week's Zen Moment with Randy Fastball brought to you by Preparation H. When your butthole itches, try Preparation H. <laughs>